Neighbours of the Tombstones, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Millionth Podcast. I'm your host, James, joined, as always, by my co-host, Henry, and for the Bond series, special guest, Tom. Today, Henry VIII Bond film, Live and Let Die. Um, mm. I'm really, really looking forward to this because now we enter a stretch of, like, good Bond films. I think it's the next like five or six well. are all good. Mm. You know? Well, like... The last few weeks we've we've been it's been hit and miss. It's been some high highs and some low lows, but now we're getting into like a solid run of like Roger Moore Bond films, you know, which I, I've been really looking forward to. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's you could say that, but like as well, I think we only really had like Diamonds Are Forever and like Thunderball that we didn't like. I mean, uh, and Casino Royale. I, I feel a bit peak because you mean? It's a good film. I love Mads Harsh on. We're now, about from what I remember, Henry, um, I mean, jumping to our like relationships with Live and Let Die. Yeah, so, was th- yeah. this was this has always been sort of one of your favourites, right? Or... Yeah, I, I was going to say I would have normally probably normally would have put this in like my top ten Bond films at least. Um, I think this was, was a, I mean, I, I used to think it was a very solid film when I was rewatching it, and I was I was like, it's as good as I thought it was. But then I think it, it like because it does go a bit slow at the start, but then it it picks up a bit more when you actually meet Mister Mister Big, um, which I quite like. So that's well, that's always been that's always been my issue with this film. The pacing is all over the place, all over the mm-hmm. place. For me, like the very beginning, the like the pre credits are like super weird, and then. The beginning is quite good when you meet Roger Moore and he's doing his thing, and then the middle just sags like really hard, um, apart from the mean? odd action action sequence, and then the end really picks up really quick. It, it, the film's over like that. So, but this is de- this is definitely like one of the better Bond films for sure. Uh, it's a strong start for Roger Moore. It's like that transition period as well because this is mm. quite a dark Bond film. This says like a lot of like basically like you could take a lot of um, clips from this, and it could pass as a horror film, more or less. Um, yeah. So that that's it's... quite strange. But but then as well, you have like the light-hearted sort of Roger Moore moments as well. So yeah, exactly as uh, well. Like God, very, he, he, yeah. he's like he's like just like flying off like one line. There's like there's no tomorrow, man. Like not 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 that he's um, not that it ever gets like too much because like with Roger Moore, you can just pull it off really. Yeah, probably, um, you can probably like, make people laugh at a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> With this film, it's... like, you actually—it's interesting facts. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this film and Temple of Doom were basically the salt, the reasons why um, the age rating, twelve age rating, was created. So, like, uh, it wasn't yeah, like that, uh, it was uh, supposed thing. It wasn't. It wasn't quite. It wasn't quite enough to like get fifteen, but like it wasn't really for general viewing, which makes me wonder. Like, but this thing film is like PG on the box set. But anyway, um, yeah, this film has all has. I've always loved this film, and that's never really changed. Um, it's like, I think it's in my top five personally, but um. Uh, yeah, I do. I do love it that much, and uh, and really, it's just pure entertainment from start to finish for me. Um, there's like good jokes, great action, good villains. There's a great Bond girl who's one of my favorites, and 
Um, yeah, and of course, it's like one of Roger Moore's better films, I think. So, um, yeah, uh, the I really can't find any major faults in it from my end. Like, I really, it's like a really, really all-round Bond film. Like, there's nothing glaring about it that's like weak. Do you not feel that the pacing suffers a little bit? Not really. Like, I, I, when the middle period, I tried saying like, um what middle period like when he goes to the farm and stuff because that was all really interesting for no me. between like, basically between the when you meet after you meet bond and between him actually meeting mr big slash you know dr nanga and that's over pretty quickly for me to be honest like he just and one thing i really I like in particular, the bits with sort of rosie carver and all that sort of thing that bit really drags yeah. for me yeah. i don't know but like, to be that's fair, really that's just quarrel junior that's just yeah that's just um God, a comedy and we'll get into that later but this um film like yeah oh by the way the intro for this film uh i think we'll, we'll get there we'll get there in a moment um but before we do obviously we have a new bond and i think it's we should spend a little bit of time talking about roger moore because mm. for me it, it's tough you know my favorite bond has just always been a toss-up between roger moore and daniel craig and any given day you find me, I'll give you a different answer to my favourite Bond. It's always one of those two. Um, but, Henry, I assume you've come into this with a bit of trivia. Can you give us a bit, or, okay, or Tom as well, can you give us a bit of background? I know Roger Moore was, um, Roger Moore didn't have like, well, Roger Moore was kind of like, he had the saint, he was the saint, right? And that yeah. was like his big thing. That's what that basically thing, auditioned him for Bond, basically. And I've watched one episode of The Saint. But other than The Saint and Bond, I don't know. I've never sort of seen him in anything else. So it's, he's a bit of an enigma for me outside of... I mean, he is James Bond for me, but um, mm. outside that, you know, you, you have Sean Connery or Pierce Brosnan or even Tim Thetel or, or basically every other Bond but George Nazenby. You've seen them in something else. You have some kind of gauge for them, whereas Roger Moore, has, is, he, Roger Moore is James Bond in that sense for me. Um but yeah, and I know he was like the oldest Bond to start in his role and stuff. I mean, yeah. and he's very different to Sean Connery. He's completely different. So like, if you like, you got some context, some trivia and stuff. Like, what, how, well, what was the was reception for him at the time as well? Well, he was also in the Persuaders. I mean, um, I don't know if that means much to you, but yeah, it typically he was in more, I think, series rather than you know films. Um, to my knowledge, but I don't really know too much about Roger Moore himself. I mean, most people know like his age um like more 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 so into the later films uh, especially the last ones um which i don't think is as much as big of a deal as people kind of make it out to be because the I thing is so roger moore good. looks in this film he looks really young like i was yeah, kind of surprised i was like damn like there's a bit where he's shaving he looks like he's in his 20s yeah um, he really does i just don't think he aged he aged quickly i think i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't, I don't know, know how to like put that nicely was... but um yeah, yeah he, well, he starts aging his, his aging accelerates very quickly after like the spiral of me yeah um it will be interesting like he um uh, he was one of i think he was for a tv series actor by the time he started playing james bond or by the time he was recruited for it he um he was the highest paid actor like for a tv series in england or maybe even the world i'm not sure like 
but he was really good and he was really like yeah he became really famous because of that like henry said but uh fun fact that's just how much um that's yeah he was number one because of that uh already so i always found that quite and he played james bond technically once before like the character in some like i don't know some really old comedy skit and um and then he was told he had to lose weight for this role which fair enough and then and then he became james bond so one thing yeah i'm really my favorite film are in, are in these in this era of roger moore so um yeah and this is one of them like great living that so dies. living that dies your favorite oh no it's not it's your second it's favorite, one of them no it's no 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 hmm. it's like maybe for me fourth or fifth maybe but i have a few others are like like i'll list them eventually but like yeah they're, they're this is right up there for me it's this, funny, uh, I'm probably coming up. into this with, like, the lowest opinion of the three of us of Live and Let Die. I, t- I didn't expect you to rate it that highly. Henry, I've always known you. For, for me, this is, like, an upper-mid sort of Bond film, you know? Um, what I really enjoy about this film... I mean, I, 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 we'll, we'll focus a bit more on Roger Moore later, but I do want to shout out Yafit Koso, man. Yeah, he's, he's He's such a great actor. I love him in everything. I've seen, I've seen him in this... He's in Alien, obviously, Henry. Mm. He plays uh, Parker in Alien, uh, where he's like, he's such a cool character. And he's in The Running Man as well. Did you see Running Man? Or I don't, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Ah, he's great in that. That's with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's like a sci-fi. People got to check that out. But like for the 70s and the 80s, Yafit Koto, he's like, he's he's a super interesting actor. And he's also like, he, he did a lot for, because um, obviously with this Bond film as well, it, it it dances with so many different uh, elements that come into effect with this because what they had to do, they had to be quite careful because obviously the theme of this, it could have, even I have to kind of watch how I'm putting this, but like basically like there was, there was a very, it was, would have been very easy to do something like sort of accidentally racist with this film. They, they were like, they, they had to be cautious with like racial sort of um, things going on there. And I think they yeah, did a fantastic like job of that. And and Yafit Koto was a bit of um portrayal of Harlem, but sorry, it wasn't necessarily the most accurate portrayal of Harlem in New York, but still. Well, no. Well, uh, hmm. well, well actually, this we'll, film. We'll get to that later. I have something I mean, to the, say I about I think that. for the purposes but, of adapting. Yafit Koto, he's an actor that sort of was one of those like pioneering black actors who like broke stereotypes and sort of broke through a glass ceiling. He's got to be praised for that. I think he's like sort of he's one of he's one of those sort of breakthrough actors like sort of african-american that managed to like get away from stereotypes and have these like really interesting well-acted roles which i think um i mean and this is a great example of it the problem with his character and now we're going to get into spoilers is like he's probably mostly remembered in this film for his like ludicrous death but putting <laughs> yeah. that aside he's fantastic and it, it, he really it, is, I, yeah. I forgot how good he is he's actually one of the best of bond villains i reckon i mean i don't know how that will reflect in our rankings at the end but you know do you know like this film um was like the thing with uh him is like i i, t- I mentioned it in um in um on the majesty's secret service like he had an interview and he was like asking like oh so what choices are going into your um, acting blah 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 and like he's like oh i really want to be more cool than james bond blah 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 the vil- you know at this point like the villain's gonna die so or he's gonna lose against bonds but 
so you've got to have your moment basically and i think he really does that in this film and this like um yeah he's really great and and this film is like really actually generally really good for breakout actors because you've got roger moore who i mean he's not really breakout at this point but still um in, the, in uh, terms of returns and you got Jane, Jane Seymour, who was actually introducing, introducing, being introduced into this film. So, bunch of like basically new actors showing up, and yeah, I think it does a really and, good and job. And that's with it. that's the great thing about. But I think Bond has always this has always been quite a strength of Bond films. You have they're good at um, bringing through, and in in all eras, in all decades, really, they're good at bringing through lots of new faces. But then they have the old guard there as well. So you've still got Money Penny, you've still got M. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you've got that kind of framework which allows sort of new faces to sort of seamlessly come through, which I think is great. Um, you know, I'm thinking about Roger Moore because obviously we're in a time now the Daniel Craig era is over and there's all sorts of rumours about who could be the next Bond. Perhaps we'll do a little episode discussing yeah, who we'd like to see. One of the front runners is uh, one of the names that comes up a lot is Killian Murphy, who obviously and he has he's a seasoned film actor. But obviously he's most famous for... Sorry? And it's series. Well, this is what I was going to say. He's most famous for playing Tommy Shelby in Peaky Blinders, right? So I... And, and I mean, I know you two haven't seen it. I have. And he... It does feel like at moments there's like... It, it, I, I, I don't... I can't put myself in the 70s, obviously, around the time Roger Moore was hired to be Bond. But I can imagine it might have been similar to how Killian Murphy's say Killian Murphy became Bond now. Um, it, I feel like it'd be that kind of similar thing. Like people know, like almost like Peaky Blinders is audition. Like the Saint was effectively the audition for Bond. You, do you know what I mean? I mean, you don't know what I mean because you haven't seen it. But maybe you know where I'm coming with that. Yeah, it's funny as well because with Roger Moore, he's like such a contrast to Sean Connery, where Sean yeah, Connery's yeah. like a very he's a very mass. I mean, physically, I'm talking now. Sean Connery is very masculine. He's hairy, you know, he's like, you know, to- quite like well-built, toned, tall, everything. And Roger Moore's like, like he's not, he's not that masculine. Like he's got a very like masculine voice. I think his voice is amazing. And he, he but he doesn't look particularly, um, I don't know. Do, you know what I'm coming from? Like his eyes are yeah. completely, his face, like everything about like Sean Connery's like a darker look. He's got dark hair, dark features. Roger Moore, like, you know, obviously he's got lighter hair. And um, I don't know, like, he's, he's just a very different, different very different package. And, mm. uh, and it's, it's not surprising that, like, Bond fans are so divisive over, like, you know, Sean Roger Moore, Daniel Craig, whoever. Because, like, they are, they are so, they're so different, you know. It's, like, quite diverse in that sense. Unfortunately, he passed away, of course, a few years ago. That was definitely, yeah. I think he passed away the same year as Adam West. And, like, of all celebrity deaths, I think... Those are two that really hit me the hardest. Adam West and Roger Moore. Like, obviously, we've reviewed Batman 66 and, like, you know, the, uh, like, I don't know. It's just, that that was that was sad. He's a legend, you know, part, part of my childhood, both of them. But, uh, okay, so here we go. So, Roger Moore. He said he would like to play a villain in a Bond movie starring Daniel Craig, but accepted that it would never happen. Hmm. So... Not imagine yeah. him being the villain. So. Oh yes, something about this film which is quite interesting is it was actually the first one that James Bond that Daniel Craig saw, and um, he had like really? this interesting. Yeah, he had this interesting comment on a very on part of the film which I'll bring up later. But um, and yeah, uh, I was gonna say something else but I forgot. So continue. 
I've got some trivia here. Uh, this I love this one because you notice he he likes his cigars, right? Um, yeah, his cigars, contract so. for 007 films provided him with an unlimited supply of Monte Cristo cigars during filming. The bill for this typically typically ran to thousands of pounds. So I think that's a good one. Um, he's, as I think I think you touched on before, Tom. He's good friends with Lois Maxwell. Um, they came yeah. through the same like school, basically. So that's that's cool. Yeah, he's um, friends with basically everyone on set. A bit yeah, of a retcon from... here because because someone I can't remember who it was said that every Bond actor like uh, signed a contract for seven films. Not the case. Uh, according to this, Roger Moore and his agent accepted each Bond movie on a film-to-film basis instead of signing on for several. I think he was... Idea, actually. Like, yeah. By the way, like, uh, Roger Moore once said, this is the last bit of trivia I can remember f- for him, like, he once said that he liked, he envied the villains mostly, like, in these Jim Bond films, because he said that they always got the best lines, basically, so that mm. might linked to why he wants to do the Daniel Craig. So uh, we open up and now this opening, these pre-credits really like they're very confused different. me as a child when I was watching this film, to be honest. Yes. I'm like really like what is going on? This is like a really strange, scary film, man. So first of all you have like a world world leaders congregation. Yeah, you know, the, yeah standard world building. Yeah. To be fair, and, like uh, you, that UN is better than like the nine, Batman sixty six one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's Batman sixty six is like an obvious comedy parody. This is like some. Well, this is serious because a guy gets killed there. The UK, rep. yeah, just, yeah, like, death right, right. Yeah, right. But his death yeah. is weird. Like, is it possible to die of like? I think it, yeah, is, it is possible, but it, it has is to be possible. really, really loud. Like, it yeah. can destroy your eardrums and basically. Yeah, get to your brain. I, I never, I never thought, I never understood how that works. But okay, well, well. Um, then we have uh, a. This is in New Orleans, I believe. There's like a funeral procession. I think that's uh, meant to be in Harlem. I'm not. Is it in Harlem? Mm. I thought it was in New Orleans. Okay, I think. Well, it, I it, no, 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 no. It's in, souls, it's in, like, so. it's in New Orleans. I know because. He's like Hamilton in New Orleans when he's listing people that have been killed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Henry. Well, uh, so, you know, but there, there's a Philly Soul restaurant also in uh, in Harlem. So, you know. Yeah, well, like, well yeah, it's, a, it's a chain, obviously. So, um, yeah. anyway, <laughs> so you have this, uh, and then, and um, I keep wanting to say Strangways. The guy gets killed, like <laughs> the British agent. Yeah, the, um, the chap there with the snake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, uh, now, like, I don't know. I, I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about this whole funeral thing because it's always been like it's probably the most elaborate assassination I've ever seen. And in makes this no film, sense. in this film, there are so many elaborate assassinations. Like no one just gets shot, really. Like it's just like there's like an alligator, crocodile alligator farm. Someone gets sent to. It's like then there's this weird funeral thing. Then there's being tied to a stake and having a snake bite you. And then even at the end, Kanaga won't just stab him. You just like cuts him a little bit and then dangles him over a sh- like nothing's yeah, direct that's like, that's like a bomb villain classic you always got to give yeah, him something ridiculous I think, and even like dr kananga dies in like a really ridiculous way like everything there's nothing like direct in this it's like it's, it's i think this film may be like even more than all the other bomb films has like all these it's i know all these weird over-the-top deaths which are like basically spectacle and this intro by the way like is first and maybe even only so far to not have james bond in it at all so i always yeah. find that a bit interesting i think yeah, it's just it's trying bit, to, yeah 
It must have been particularly weird for people that were going to the cinema at the time, looking forward to seeing yeah, Roger Moore, and they're like, "I yeah." But yeah, I, th- I I just found this whole funeral because like there's a whole funeral going on with like the band, the trumpets and everything, and then they like you know lower the coffin over this guy, and then they're like all dancing and stuff. I just never understood that that that's just strange. Like there's no. I assume it's meant to be like kind of because this guy's like an agent in the street. There's no real easy way they can just kill him and dispose of the body, right? Yeah, but you got like. Dozens of witnesses and everything. I, I don't know. It's, I suppose, it's, it's strange. I, I assume this is meant to be they're all in on it. Like, because. Yeah. You know, yeah, but this Mr. is like. You've got the, I mean, fair enough. Maybe it is like the whole cool. city's under their grip, but, you know, that is pretty. Um, yeah, that would extravagant. Yeah. It's like. Then you have. Really uh, yeah, you have. Um, then we cut to that island, San, San Monique. San Monique, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, the fictional um, island of San Monique. Yeah. Sorry? The islands in the Caribbean. Yeah, 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 the islands in the Caribbean, which is definitely there. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, the, and, and another guy gets killed, like in this like, like freaky like voodoo ceremony. Man, he gets killed by a snake, mm. um, snake bite. So you know that's cool. And then we get to the music. Now uh, this is like one of living that die. This is one of the like. I think one of the classic, like obviously performed yeah. by. Yeah, this, is, this is one that you can, you know, have by name that most people will know. Yeah, yeah, this it has like obviously by uh, Sir Paul McCartney and the it Wings. It has like it has like a life of its own outside the James Bond series, yeah. and I really think so as well. It's like it's probably my favorite James Bond like song, like um, just for me personally. I know it's generic, but lots of people agree, and I think it's well, a good for a good reason. reason but... Yeah. So yeah, um, the only, the only thing I mean, we'll rank them later. I think the the theme song is great. I, I just want to comment on the music in general, like because the music's really good in this film, but it's not used often enough. There's so many mm. moments in yeah. this film, and I think this is where the this this is why the pacing suffers a bit because the music like is used very sparingly, and I don't know why because it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't think it's yeah, used sparingly. Uh, like, yeah, what do you mean? Like, really really There's so many there silent scenes, scenes in no this film. Music. Yeah. Mm, not but really. Like, when it's, he's... it's not for any effect either. It's just like yeah. silent for some reason. Like Bond driving. Okay, so all the action sequences, the bus chase until the very end is silent. No and music, so is yeah. the boat chase. Mm. You, you, the silence is actually deafening when you're watching it. It's like, w- w- when's the music coming, you know? Yeah, exactly. The music, like... like the music is there when he's going to New York. It's there when he's getting tailed. It's there when he's like on that alligator farm. It's I, there I'm not when... saying it's not there. It's just yeah, it's, it's not just there. There, there are like really right. obvious moments where it's like silent. I think in the plane as well when it's he's in the plane. Never obvious um, for me with Mrs. Bell. Anyway, so yeah. then I we really do like actually get to meet. Yeah. We do get to meet Bond. He's in bed with uh, this Italian agent, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and he goes and answers the. It's like at the crack of dawn as well, right? Yeah, he gets his ring at the yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like you're not married, are you? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He answers the door, and it's M, which is like Bond obviously shits himself a bit. So yeah, uh, imagine having your boss show up at your house at like three a.m. just there at the door. Yeah, it yeah. Wouldn't... It wasn't <laughs> quite like three a.m. It was like five or six a.m. It was like there was daylight outside, but like you know, the the the, day, the, the daylight you see either if you're a farmer or you're like. You've you've been like up all night drinking, and you're like <laughs> on your way staggering home, and you're hearing the birds tweet, man. Like, yeah, um, it's a monk. 
But uh, yeah, so Bonas is the daughter M, who he uh, offers a coffee, of course, um, which which is like quite a funny line where he's you know it's like this really elaborate sort of coffee machine, and then yeah. uh, after he's done, he's like, is that all it does? Good line. Um, you have as well uh, Money Penny shows up. And while all yeah. this is happening, the Italian agent is like, you know, like undressed, running for like cover. M's like, oh, and uh, this Italian agent's disappeared. Oh, well, you don't know what could have happened to her, do you, Bond? Uh, Money Penny sort of hides her. Um, yeah. He gives. Oh yeah, this is also the first, first. No, the only. Well, this is the only Bond film since from Russia with Love without Q in it. Um, mm. Which you feel I feel his absence a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, that's why. That's why. It's but the thing is, is that his god his he's very much like like um very present in this film through his gadgets which proved to be very mm, useful yeah. so uh, especially the watch so yeah i think this I, is one of my favorite like gadgets of any me, bond film like th- this too. watch is like a proper bond watch you know yeah at least this watch is like it's not like you know i'm not like you know insulting the laser watch but this is like a very powerful magnet and being able to be a buzzsaw at the same time. I think that's like semi-realistic. Like you could probably make that today. Maybe not to get a spoon from across the room, but don't know. <laughs> yeah, or, or, a, or, a, or a bullet. Or a from like so offended years. by that, man. He's like, like basically yeah. threatens to kill Bond because he yeah, like Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, well, Q said, you know, this can deflect a bullet from long range even. It's that powerful. And he's like, I'm very te- tempted to test that theory right now, you know. Like the disrespect like, when a man's teaspoon is removed from his person, man. That's like, yeah, <laughs> don't take no shit, man. Um, so yeah, he has a little little bit with uh, with um, with Money Penny, and I mean, what I like in a Bond gadget is when it's used many times, and in mm. the space of like two minutes of Bond actually receiving it, he uses it for the spoon, and then he uses it to unzip the Italian agent's dress, which is like quite funny. I think it's like yeah. it's a good one. Shit, man, um, this is- Sheer magnets. <laughs> That's right. Um, so then we get uh, Bond. Bond arrives in uh, New York. Um, he's uh, as predicted by Solitaire, who's like reading out tarot cards. Oh, he comes, he brings danger. You know, like really bad effects. Yeah, really, really um, weird. Like, I mean, you, that's where you get like the first kind of like, I don't know, this film's a bit different when it comes to things like that. So, um, I don't know that that always weirded me out as a child. It was like it's like oh he's on a plane, the soul's just laying cards down. It's like oh he's doing this, he's doing this, and it's like oh wow, what's all this then? And then obviously oh yeah, on the back of the cards there's like 007 as well, which I always thought was pretty cool. But um, huh. if you looked, yeah, <laughs> it kind it's of funny as well how tarot cards are like it. tarot cards are. Is, I don't, I don't, I, I guess they're still. It's one of those things. I mean, you see on TikTok now and stuff like tarot cards are still very, not very popular, but they're still like, you know, present and stuff. This isn't something that's like been left behind in the past. There's something that still like goes on and is used. So that's that's interesting. Um, so Bond uh, Bond arrives uh, in in New York uh, in a taxi. He calls Felix um, to let him know he's on his way. Felix Light, of course, yeah. as he's driving along, Whisper pulls up next to him, does a bit of a drive-by, you know, on the taxi driver. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and, uh, How yeah, did you get the aiming for assassination for Whisper? So. And, and yeah, yeah, James Bond doesn't see it, it any, at all. Like, the guy's completely upright, and then he just kind of slumps over in the in the um, 
driver's seat and it's just right. chase oh, this no 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 this chase this chase was like really always well almost always been very weird for me because these two like the driver and the and the um whisper at that point they look like two people i knew um and you two know as well so um yeah it's it's been a bit i don't know i've i've never not noticed that for some reason but I don't know. It for me personally, that just kind of takes away from it a bit because like, oh yeah, it's this person, and it's like, uh, but it's not. And and the car chase that happens also something else I always noticed. Well, I noticed more recently is like when when he like it goes out of control and Roger like James Bond is trying to like um, you know control it, and you see it from the front, it's like swerving around. Why does like every car look like it's the same on on that thing? Like. I don't no, know. It's just 70s New York, man. I mean, they're like the same, but with different colors, and that's it. And then, yeah, and it, then I know, it's, it's a like, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, so that's so basically, chase, Bond, Bond gets himself out of it eventually. He goes and, yeah, uh, like, yeah, he has to and ring like, up Felix. Like, I'm gonna spot yeah. a trouble. You spot a bother, really. Spot a bother. Yeah, I like uh, his lighter. Obviously, we're gonna rank the Bond allies later, and uh, this Felix lighter is probably the best Felix lighter we get until Jeffrey Wright. I would say. Um, yeah, because he's actually like, I think this is a a, a, a lighter you can actually call like competent, really. Or it's who, weird, who does. actually, though, because he doesn't really do anything. He's just. He doesn't do it. He's he's like he doesn't actually do anything. He's he's just there a lot. You know what I mean? He's just there, he's just there <laughs> to clear up after Bond. You know, just feel like pretty much. Yeah, yeah I, just, know, I know. Take just a piece from the from the school, the, the plane school yeah, and stuff. Oh the, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like the first of many times he has to cover up for Bond. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah. while all this is happening, we sort of briefly meet Kananga, um, Doctor Kananga. This is, a, of this is a this is a great scene, by the way. Like, because he like. Um, I don't know. I never got this until it was pointed out, basically. But um, when he gets out to like into this little embassy or whatever thing he has, like, and he's just chilling there and starts speaking, it's really funny how like the CIA is bugging him, and then he's like one step ahead, so he, like has his little recording put on, and then like just yeah. I don't know, just he's just outwitting the Americans getting shown up once again, which is quite funny. And like, it's I don't know, it's just amusing, like for me. And and that the bits of comedy and the bits of like stuff being revealed in this early part kind of helped me with the um, pacing, which I never really felt was an issue. Like you two mentioning it was the first time I've heard anybody say this film has pacing issues. But yeah, and with this film, like there's so many goons. Like you see, like um, Teehee, and you see have like Whisper already, and you have like bunch of people around, like the shop owner who you see. Oh yeah, and fun fact about Tiki, I think he's really great as a as a henchman and everything. And um, and he's going really But but did you know in like A level sociology, um, we were studying <laughs> we were studying like mass media, and um, we were looking at different groups of people who get dis who like get discriminated against. And he got brought up as an example of like how uh, disabled people are portrayed negatively in the mass media. And I was like, uh, him and Blofeld. <laughs> I was like, and then I was like, but Blofeld, well, he's in like supposedly in a wheelchair once. And the, but I don't know, just Tiki being mentioned in that context was 
I don't know. It was too. F- I don't know. It was just. I couldn't take it wow. seriously. It was like okay. Yeah. So um. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, Kananga gives that taped speech. Um. Yeah. Bond goes and checks out uh, some shop, which he he sort of follows uh, Whisper into this shop. Um. Asks to get a snake gift wrapped. Uh. Vertically, longwise, lengthwise. Length sorry. Lengthwise. Yeah. And um. And by the way, I just want to comment upon Bond's like assassin drip. You know, he's like got the black yeah. um, double-breasted, you know, overcoat. He's got like the black leather gloves, man. He's like, I, yeah, I, 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 it's sick, isn't it? Everyone um, in this film is like pretty well dressed, actually. Yeah, right? I, the yeah, the, the, out, the outfits and the costumes in this film are incredible, man. Incredible. It's, it's right out there with Honor Majesty's Secret Service, in my opinion. That's like. Those two are like the best so far for that. I think. Best fashion yeah. films. Mm. Um, then you've got yeah. So uh, as he's doing that, he he eventually runs into. Uh, he gets in a taxi with the uh, with like the guy with like the maddest sideburns ever, man. I don't know what it was yeah, about the seventies yeah. because in Diamonds Are Forever we had that sideburns henchman, and then we yeah. have this guy as well. Everyone has sideburns, man. This, this guy's like, guy sideburns to end all sideburns, yeah, man. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the way like, he fits like, his face with like his afro really and his teeth and everything, yeah. yeah. And, he's uh, like, he su- makes... he's such a great extra part, though. He like, has yeah, his, like, he's great. His he's so jokes and stuff. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he can literally, he's driving you to your funeral and you don't mind because he's like, yeah, just a happy guy, you know. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, for 20 bucks I'll drive you to a Ku Klux Klan meeting, you know, like, damn, son. <laughs> Fair play. Um, so yeah, so so Bond's doing that. Um, he goes inside the what restaurant was it called? I keep forgetting. Fillet of Fillet soul. of soul. Fillet of soul, yeah. Fillet of fish. And um, he's he goes and sits at a booth which like revolves, obviously. Um, yeah, always quite funny. Obviously. At this moment, he meets Solitaire, then Tehe, and then Mister Big. Like a bit of a hat trick here. So yeah. obviously, he meets Solitaire now. It's interesting what you said there, Tom, about her being like one of the best Bond girls. I really strongly disagree. What do you think, Henry? Really? Yeah, I think I she's don't terrible. really feel very strongly about like about her in general. Like, she doesn't really do much in the film, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I think her, the acting is like quite poor as well. Like, I'm not so uh, you can tell it's like her think. debut sort of thing because like didn't really convince me. Um, and like I say, didn't really do anything. She was just like a typical sort of bimbo, damsel in distress. She's not really a bimbo. Girl. I mean, she's she, fit, but she has, she has, she has, she's just a damsel she, in distress. That's around she most has of like, film. she has like her own, like, I don't know, in the film, she has her own abilities and stuff, but like, this film is like, um, but she's she literally like, treated like property. Literally. She's like, an that's actual, her character. Like, objective possession in that. She's objectified and like, just like literally a piece of property. Which is a bit like mad. <laughs> that's yeah. her character, though. That's not really down to her acting. Acting like she, she like I don't know. There's a bit where she. I think the best kind of I don't know when Doctor Kananga is like shouting at her at one point when it's just them two and he's like talking about home persons or something, and mm. she sells it. Re- she sells it really well. Like she's like just there, kind of like not moving, but like 
her her facial acting like right. when she's like yeah, yeah like re- she really sells it like it's one thing for dr kananga yafet koto to be like going insane at certain moments which he does really well but it's another thing yeah. for her or whoever like sh- whoever's in the room with him to be like selling it like being afraid of him and it's mm. sh- both do it really well so i think sh- i know she's a bit like I don't know. I never heard anyone criticize her as much as you did, but I think she's really good, in my opinion. I think her as well as being really fair as well. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, <clears throat> I mean, this is also you know they're obviously adapting the book as well. There's just really not much for her to actually do. So yeah, I think just her whole presence in the film is just strange. Like what she's doing there in the first place, how she got. I mean, I know it's like a bit. Um, it's not very productive to be like digging too deep into like Roger Moore Bond films, but when you sit there and you consider like, okay, so it kind of gets implied that, or is it? I don't really know. Is like Kananga her dad? Kind of. No, 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 no. I think her. What I get Maybe. from it is like her family is like in some sort of. Yeah, bondage, they're all like sort of bond, yeah. bondage to him, and then he's like using that or whatever. And with um, he's not her dad. I used to think that one was really little, but that you know doesn't really make sense. But um, um, then yeah, that's how I made sense of it. It's it's weird because she like if you sort of if I sit you think, sit and think about a character, she has no kind of exposure to the real world apart from Kananga and his 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 goons, and. And that's it. Like, did she ever even have like an education or something? I, I don't get the impression that she did. Just like probably very not. like did do you get what I'm saying? Like she it's like she's like a sole, like single purpose. It's to like, read cards. Literally, like and has no existence other than that. I don't know, like I mean obviously she has a comfortable life, but you know, just Yeah, pretty cool looking share as well, you know. And this is this yeah. is probably why she's constantly like in these situations. She does like she gets tricked very easily. <laughs> she gets like yeah, that, that used and manipulated and passed around. Man, I don't know. Um, I mean, quite a tragic character in that sense. To be fair, um, do you know? Anyway, quite so, interesting. I was going to bring this yeah. up later, but it's fair, relevant, I guess, enough now. Um, she was actually meant to be black, uh, a black character. And what's her name? Rosie Carver was meant to be white, but for some reason they swapped it. And I don't know. I think the I think the dynamic would have been a bit different if she was, um, because I don't know. In English, I mean, it's, I go in that part of the world. Uh, we read like this book called White Sagasso Sea. Like, there's lots of kind of I don't know family feuds and stuff you could say going on, and like. Um, if she was black and the whole bondage thing was happening with her uh, to to for Mr. Big, like that would have, I think that part would have worked more, been more believable within that context. Like, cause that actually like go happens and has happened in places like that. And yeah, but maybe I'm just reading into it too much, but I thought, I, don't know. I think it might've been a bit, uh, I think they might've avoided that to avoid like portraying like, too too like too much when it comes to like a lot of the voodoo stuff they'll be like yeah you know it's not it's not like exclusively like you know like white people that's can use true as well yeah that's too. a good point that's a good point yeah and she's like the high priestess something like that so um so anyway she gets uh so anyway, bond actually meets her 
And uh, straight, he's already like on the front foot, you know, sort of like. Yeah, literally. Because <laughs> I'm wondering uh, how do you, how do you pull like you know the star signs goal, you know? Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, T he shows up, and this oh, I love this bit with T he man the music, the music yeah. when he pulls out his gun and bends the 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 nozzle, mate, that is fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, and he gives it right back to him, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, like that is one of the coolest like. T- like henchman introductions ever, like uh, that is so fucking cool, man. You you don't get better than that. He like takes is he armed? You know, like, gets the gun, fucking like destroys it, and gives it back to him, and just laughs and walks off, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and then, like, Bond just drops it in the bin, you know, like it's a fish or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny how the least little thing amuses him. And like Tiki yeah, just and, laughs, and then we get time. to meet Mr. Big. Um, yeah. Who you know rocks yeah, up? I, I kind of, yeah. Oh, you you forgot to mention, you know, like when when he's introducing himself to Solitaire. This is his moment where he gets to say Bond, James Bond. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I was always confused because I was about to say because when he meets Mister Big, he's about to say Bond, James Bond, and then he goes, "Name is for Tombstones, baby." Yeah, I, I kind of like. like, like <laughs> it's a great line. That's like one of the best. That's like one of the best movie roasts that I remember. <laughs> I love it, and he's like, "Yeah, waste this, waste this sucker, man." Whatever he says. Yeah, Actually, they honky. use the word. Uh, they use the term what's honky. The term? Honky. Yeah. That's like meant to be like a bit of a slur towards white people, right? Yeah, but it's 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 yeah, it's very. I never understood where that comes from, but I don't know. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I just, I, maybe I noticed this when I watched it last night. I noticed how often they use it. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, maybe it's like um one so of those you only... get this cracker outside, you know. Maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe it was like one of those only fools on the horses things where you just came up with something for the film, I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think I've heard monkey outside this film. I don't know. But anyway. Um so yeah, names of tombstones. He gets gets walked out at gunpoint, um, at which point he meets uh, Strutter. Who's like quite an underrated Bond airline man. He unfortunately he's not in the film that much, but I mean technically he does more than Felix Light. And he's like he's a very cool, sort of suave looking. Although it's a bit weird because when he's having a chat with Bond afterwards, he's like just walking around with the gun, man, you know. Like yeah. he's like, Yeah, you know, I have a gun, man, I'm gonna wave it around a bit, you yeah, know. Yeah, like. yeah, I got an open carry license, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just enjoying he's just walking like <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, I know, yeah, but... like, yeah, I've got five seconds of screen. It's like in Peep Show. There's there's an episode in Peep Show where, where they get hold of a gun. It's and uh, Mark's like just walking around the flat with the gun, you know, like oh, <laughs> it reminded me of that a little bit. Also, but do anyway, you see, like also, do you see like one thing that I don't know just hit me a bit more, and this is when he gets out. The place looks like an absolute wasteland. Like this is this is meant to be like the most developed. Most developed city in like America or whatever. Yeah, yeah like and, and, in the seventy, and it looks like it's like Eastern Europe or something or whatever after World yeah, well, War Two. It, it's it's like, like you know, it's like with London. Yeah, the entirety is not going to look like you know the central part of the city, is it? No, but I'm glad some pointed that out. Um, I nearly forgot to mention because that was New York in the seventies. It was an absolute shithole. And another famous film that takes place in the seventies is Taxi Driver. And that is also showing, like, you know, Travis Bickle, literally me. But um, that's also, like, depicts, like, how, how, what a terrible state New York was back then. So it was interesting for me to, like, like sort of tie the two films together and notice that because, like, New York really was a shithole back then before it got 
like you know what it is today sort of thing <laughs> which uh, hasn't helped much but you know yeah maybe yeah. hasn't like maybe hasn't changed who knows <laughs> yeah so anyway um we get to meet the genuine felix lighter as well which is uh that's a good little gimmick there um and then he goes he goes to a hotel it's like baron 70s performing there as well you know he's got yeah, his literally. thursday night gig there you know whatever it's so weird like <laughs> Kid, like, imagine if that was your hotel entertainment, and like, I don't know when he goes. You got the guy, like, like, he gets messed with so much in this. Like, James Bond goes up, and the guys just for like, oh, Mrs. Bond is expecting you. It's like, can you not? Nice. And, uh, and then like when he goes in, there's so many people, like dodgy people that come in. There's like whisper, like it's like public information, like where he is and everything. No, it's whisper, waiting, you know. Yeah, well, I don't even know what he's doing. He's supposed to just be there to like confirm he James Bond stuff, didn't he? Did he? Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? I, I, I never. Yeah. Well, thanks. So smart, you never hear him. And this is pretty yeah. much the the cinematic debut of the Roger Moore eyebrow, Mrs. Bond. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> and so yeah, this isn't there someone else? No, I, I don't know. Yeah, and, the, and yeah, it's funny missing, how like the guy who's like walking on his hands, with his legs behind his head, or you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, very <laughs> weird. Um, so Bond, Bond has a decides to have a bath and have a shave. And there's a and, snake, uh, like, yeah, yeah, man. Like, a snake comes in and like he like improvises a flamethrower, which is pretty cool. We're Do you know that? that would, I mean, that probably scared everyone when they were little. And it's That's a grass snake, isn't it? I'm, t- I'm terror, uh, could be, I'm, I'm not sure, but like, I, I see any snake, I'd probably like faint or something. Uh, <laughs> but like, I wonder how it got there. Like, did it just get happen to be there, or like, did someone post it? No, you see way. them, you see them slide it through the air vent or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be It comes like, comes down the pipe and stuff, you know? Yeah, but yeah. Who, I don't see anyone putting it in. Yeah, it, it just did it on its own accord. Yeah, well. yeah like, it doesn't show everything it's it's a hand, like placing it there, but it's pretty much implied. I don't know if it's Whisper, no. but it's someone. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that's like, oh, we've got a, we've got a British agent coming. Put him in the room where you know snakes can get in through the vent. Yeah, right? oh, yeah, oh, we, we can't. Like, bit, I'm, I'm can't... trying not to reference Peep Show here again because that, that. Yeah, but okay. We can't. Um, we can't like shoot him. Like we gotta just. Oh no! Put some dangerous animal in his room, like another really weird, elaborate way to try and kill someone. But... A little nod to Doctor No, you could say as well, maybe. Yeah. This film gives me like really strong like Doctor No vibes, especially later mm. when they're on the it's island. Just like, it's called Doctor rem- No, no, no. That reminds the the whole like Sam Monique Crab Key thing, like really like similar yeah, vibes. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I agree. Also, I agree. There's a lot of parallels between this and Doctor No. Um, even small ones like that doctor, like the fact that doctors, I never realized that, but you've also got Quarrel and Quarrel Jr. Tying them, t- <gasps> sorry, tying them together. You've got, um, a obviously it's like, the, 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 it's a new, it's a new Bond sort of debut. But there are a lot of similarities, I believe actually. Yeah. Hmm. Um, anyway, so and then we get to sort of meet Mrs. Bond, which is quite, you know, she's like, it's so dramatic because he just killed the snake and he's looking for his gun. The gun's gone. And then he looks at the door yeah. and like, boom, you know, puts the cigar out on her hand and then it turns out to be um yeah like rosie carver he, he like, who, pulls her who, who, like, like her wig comes off and i find it funny how well how that is as funny today as it was back then because like now you've got this trend on like online and stuff with like weaves and you know wigs and all that stuff like you know i, I think that that's quite funny still but yeah hmm. so he meets rosie carver 
I mean, she does like a massive cartwheel, like on like littlest momentum. That's uh, <laughs> maybe like in her contract, she said, like, I've got to do one cartwheel, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, so like anyway, maybe, she... maybe she maybe she got like lessons from that guy in like you only live twice, does like a double front flip after, yeah. Him. Literally, I was thinking of that, like, that's definitely where she got it from. So, yeah, they start getting acquainted, sort of thing. Um, yeah. There's like a a weird hat with a feather in it and stuff, like some yeah, which wall. belongs to Mr. Samady actually. Yeah, maybe oh, it's just yeah. That's that's the hat they put on top of his grave as well. Oh, I never made the connection. I never noticed that. Wow, that's cool. how did I never notice that? That's that, wow. I don't know, okay. James. How didn't you notice that? Fair enough. Um, yeah, so he then, might, he's okay. just like sleeping under the bed or something, you know? Yeah, when yeah, I was maybe. Listen- when I was younger, I always wondered if I know it's like really silly, but I always wondered if she was related to Elliot Carver somehow, just because they're the same surname. But pretty fairly common huh. surname. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you can. Yeah, that's probably not the case. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so Bond Bond goes to ba- then. So after this, Bond goes and meets. Uh, oh no! Well, they have a little. There's a little uh, transition period where he's like. He's got the, um, he's having yeah. breakfast Queen or whatever and like sees the down. Queen of Cups, yeah. Goes and meets uh, Coral Jr. You know, because he's yeah. like walking down the docks and there's like all these yeah, there's always people like, like, oh, oh yeah, come with me, girl. man. Come with me, where you go, you know. Like, there's he's like, just, um, he's just asleep and he's just like, yeah, all right, come on, mate. There's, there's this really, there's this tiny little sign as well when he like goes to the place. And it's on the wall, and you only see it like for a split second. But it says like, "The tourist is our friend." Doctor Kananga welcomes them, <laughs> and then like I don't know, it's funny. Like they put that little attention like to detail on that wall, which is uh, which is like easy to appreciate, but it's I don't know, it's funny as well for me. Well, yeah, when you didn't have that with Doctor No, you know, you didn't even want yeah. to say uh, there's no Doctor... there's no welcome on Crag Key, yeah. Yeah, well, so he meets Carl Jr. And they, they, yeah, he's like, there's there's a funny bit, you know, he's like on the boat, you know, and then Rosie Carver's all suspicious. She goes down, finds the gun, and then she gets up and it's like the most unfortunate timing. He's like behind Bond with like this rope, looks like it's about to hang him or something, man. Yeah, and then, uh, it's like, it, it does look, do- it looks really sketchy, man. Like Rosie can't be blamed, man. But, um, but yeah, she like, you know, there's, there's that sort of little Yeah, I, well. I love the bit though as well where she's like, you know, uh, the shot. She, she, yeah, she realizes she fucked up, and she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I could have killed you." And yeah, he's like, "Well, oh, no, no, I could have shot you." And he's like, "Well, you might have even killed me if you took the safety off." Yeah, yeah, like um, this. This one thing I really love, Quarrel Junior, because I felt like he was a he, he was a bit unsung in Doctor No. Like, I'm glad they made this character because it really feels like they're I don't know appreciating Quarrel a bit more through this character, and it's like. That and I'm glad he doesn't die in this with spoilers. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, I'm glad like just quarrel got referenced in somehow some way later. But yeah, I really like it. And then we get like James Bond like doing a hang glide with like the, the one of those huge cigars that he has in this film and um, mm. the man of the gun gun later as well. I don't know. Isn't like, that, no, doesn't doesn't him hang gliding come later because he's with with Rosie this time? It comes a little later. Oh, yeah, so he goes and so so like while this is happening, um, yeah, Solitaire and Kananga is like, oh, you know, yeah. yeah, he's on his way. Uh, do you pre- what? What's the future? Do you see death? And she sees lovers, and then she's like, yeah, I see death. 
She like bullshits like this tarot thing. Uh, don't they walk past like Baron Samadhi with like the uh, the flute? Yeah, the flute. That's yeah, so yeah, yeah. Weird. Little, little, like, yeah, he's literally he's like pulling a William. It's a little, Knight, it's a little later. It's a little later. But like first of all, she she blunders like the tarot cards, right? And they go past the scarecrows. Um, yeah, no, Baron's way later. They, they go past like a bunch of scarecrows and stuff. Um, and Ro- and basically like you know Bond Bond's sort of realizing that Rosie's like you know a double agent. Okay. So he you know he he's like this is like really brutal, man. He fucks her and then he like you know points a gun to her head. Um, yeah. she, she gets like, busted she- basically. And she's she in a gets, rock between a rock and hard place because the scarecrow's looking at her, and then also, yeah, you know, yeah, bombed. I, feel, I can't help but like feel really bad for her in this scene. Yeah, like, yeah. She hasn't yeah. really done. She doesn't really hasn't really done anything that's like in. I don't know. She points a gun at James Bond, but I don't know. You could pass it off as a being suspicious or whatever. But like, well, she like trying to kill him though. Yeah, well, you don't know, but like we haven't really seen her pull off anything that's seriously damaged. No, yeah, she gets handed a raw deal in this film for sure. Like, yeah, um, but, but as well, she doesn't even know. She's so bait though. She's like, uh, on the other hand, she's like over the hills down there, and then like she just gives like the shiftiest instructions possible, and then just changes them later. She almost like baits herself out. But the bit when she sees the scarecrow and she's like scared for it for real now because it's it can kill her, and then Bond's just like he used to be a convincing actor. I like feel pretty bad for her, but and then she runs off and yeah. That's the thing that I don't I don't get over these scarecrows, man. Do they have like? Like with these remote controls, like yeah, they can turn around and shit. But like, how how like how many like you know months of training do you have to be to actually hit like someone with that? Like, that's what I wonder as well. Why didn't they um, shoot Bond at that moment? Maybe it only, only has like one bullet or something. Yeah, that's shoot. what I wondered. Like, there's only one scarecrow with one bullet in it. God, but... Do you reckon they had like oh. Scamanga operating that? You know, like yeah, yeah it's, it's one person. <laughs> yeah, but. I don't know. It's it is a dramatic moment, and it does raise the stakes a bit. So that's cool. Um, yeah. So after this, Bond decides now to get in his hang glider um, again. You know, yeah, well, away smoking a, a cigar up there. You know. Cigar, that's right. There's really um, cool music as well when he like drifts down to kick someone off the cliff in the hang glider, which I always thought was cool. You have a little nod to Goldfinger as well when he like takes off the overall. He's got like yeah, a, exactly. he's like a blazer inside out. How cool is that? Yeah, man? no, and he also just like he's just got like I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't know what it is. Like he just he just like take like he's got like a second trousers. trousers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, he goes and finds Solitaire and just tricks her into bed, basically. Yeah, literally, it's um, just like how to yeah, literally how to pull the star signs girl. Like yeah, picked up the uh, tabloid today, you know. How do you feel about this? Because like, yeah, I think it's fucked up. It's There's really this... dodgy, man. It's like Someone... it's not it's not raped, but it. it's not far yeah, off. Man. He like com- tricks her, but this film. It might help to explain that loads of these romance scenes were like um, originally written as if Sean Connery were going to be like doing them. So like I don't know how he managed to pull off these sorts of scenes and still and not like I don't know get criticized even more for it. But like there's this scene where he like he's tricked her and then she's like freaking out because she believes the cards but and then like you go back to roger moore's face and he's just like looking at her and then his eyes go down to like and then like you could they would it's clearly written for like sean connery or something like that and then and roger moore l- later says he was uncomfortable with like how it was being done so they kind of changed it a bit and 
I think, yeah, that's one of the things that is not God, so like well tailored in this film. It's funny um, because Roger Moore's like comes across as well, like in interviews I was quite a principled sort of moral guy. And um yeah, it's like he's just gone from like you know, he was he was he was uh, banging Rosie Carver and then like, you know, prepared to kill her straight away. Even he even says the line, you know, it's like, Oh, you wouldn't kill me after what we just did. He's like, Well, I certainly wouldn't have killed you before and you're like, damn son. And then and then he goes and does this to Solitaire and it's very like yeah, very um Yeah, this is this is the thing where you realise like, this was probably written for Sean Connery, like you know what? I wanted to I, I wanted to bring this up actually. Like, okay, so I've I've heard a lot that this film is written at least primarily initially with uh, Sean Connery in mind. But there are a lot of Roger Moore moments, if you mm. know what I mean, like you know, sort of things we associate with Roger Moore that wouldn't happen in a Sean Connery film, apart from maybe Diamonds yeah. Are Forever. This is this but is why I said what, like just romance. Moments, like, I want, I'm wondering at what it. point, at what point did they realize what Roger Moore brought to the table, right, in terms of his sort of comedy side, right? Because, okay, so they originally had Sean Connery in mind, then they hired Roger Moore. Then Roger Moore starts filming with a, what is loosely a Sean Connery kind of script. And then at some point they must have been filming some scenes and gone, you know what, <laughs> we can uh, we can have a bit of fun with this now, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, I mean, it's the same director as well. I forgot to mention this is Guy Hamilton, um, yeah. you know, who came back to direct this film. So, and it's like completely different tone. Like, it's, it's weird how Diamond, this, I think you would say overall, this is a much more serious film than Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Your yeah, yet the Bond actor is is much less serious. It's it's, just, it's a funny one, um, yeah. how they balance it out. Although, again, this is also, I always think of Living That Die as a bit of a transitional film as well. I mean, you're getting the, you know, you're getting Roger Moore, but not in full swing. You don't get Roger Moore full swing until, I think, The Spy Love Me, you know. But... Um, but I mean, even so, I think uh, it, it's there's there's like some sort of growing pains in this film a little bit. But anyway, mm. yeah. he tricks Solitaire ironically, into bed. Ironically, I think yeah. that the growing pains are a bit more evident in the Man of the Gone Gun. I don't know why or for what reason, but for some reason, this film just feels like it. If somehow, it's just a bit more smooth with Roger Moore, even though Man of the Gone Gun's later. Like, I don't know. Like, that's why I think. Uh, I think they, like, I think they're both like. This is why I say they're both kind of like in a build up to the spy love me. That's when it's almost like Daniel Craig and Skyfall. You know, you need a bit. Yeah. Of, you know, you need the first couple films like adjustment period, and then you get like the crescendo. Like this I is would the never like bang. I would you know? never compare. I would never compare Skyfall to the Spy Who Loved Me. Like I, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, oh, we'll that in fact, play. in fact, Goldfinger as well. You know, because you had a couple of films. I mean, there was no Bond before Sean Connery, but you need a couple of films. It's funny, like there's there is that kind of effect, and that's then you get like Sean Connery's most famous Bond film. You get Roger Moore's most famous Bond film, which I would say is The Spy Love Me, and you've got Skyfall, Daniel Craig, sort of the crown of their Bond reign. You know, yeah. I'm not uh, saying The Spy Love Me is the best Sean, uh, sorry, Roger Moore Bond film, but I think it is probably the most famous and the best known. You know, like most people generally would consider it to be the best one from like general consensus yeah i know yeah so anyway um back to solitaire so he beds her she's like and he's took her virginity as well which means that yeah she's lost her 
fortune turning powers, supposedly. Powers, yeah. Yeah, however that works, but and she's, she's yeah. yeah. She's she very goes on the weirdest um, run. Yeah, she gets like saying some really strange stuff and Roger Moore's like getting a bit freaked out himself. He's like, oh, right, yeah, he's okay, just, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, I hope she's has cast spells, you know, like Yeah. Um But I don't know, like yeah, if there's much more to say about this, I've kind of said what I would say, but yeah, it's, he, he, it's like most just... yeah, he knows posts on a wall like how to hex someone, he's just like, Oh fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's getting like the exorcist in there soon, man, or some shit. <laughs> you know, like um, you, uh, anyway. Yeah, but like I don't know. Uh, so anyway, realize, so he's like, like, okay, don't worry, you know, let's we'll, we'll get on her bike and we'll get do out you of here. You know, any information? She's just like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need a bit of information, by the way, you know, if, if, while while you're uh, contemplating your mortality here, you know, let me just. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I'll bang you for information, and she like doesn't really have any information. It's just like he's just yeah, like, literally. Gosh, this no, is why I mean. The she one, gets one... used in this film hard, man. I, I don't the think one... she's a good, like... Um, this is why I don't think she ages well as a Bond girl or anything. She's just, like... Her character is really, like, stupid, for want of a better word. <laughs> like, but it's quite like, realistic. Just has, if she like, has have, nothing like, to education. offer apart from these, like, tarot cards. And then after that, it's like, well, she's just literally a damsel in distress. She has, like, nothing to offer, man. Mm. Yeah, but that's her character. You can't really blame it on the actress. Like, well, you know, um, actually, the character gives Yafet Kota and many chances to go insane. So you know, yeah, she, she that's does. the like, thing. She, I think she's a cat. Maybe the most effective thing about Solitaire is how she contrasts Yafet Kota because Doctor Kananga, he's like this fearsome, intimidating, sophisticated presence, and I think her next to him just really contrasts that as well. You know, like. He's like he's very intelligent. He's like resourceful. He's like got this whole. Um, he's got like you know he's got everyone in the palm of his hand basically. He's like he's got a whole island. Well, effectively, he's got like New York and New Orleans under his like grip as well. As well as you know what we go out to find is his master plan. But we'll get onto that um, because first of all we have Bond and Solitaire fleeing the scene, and this is when they go past Baron Seventy yeah, playing yeah. the flute. What, what yeah. I'm gonna say, James, like. Does this not give off like massive William Knight vibes where he's just chilling there, you know? So oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe he does a little bit. There's no such oh, thing yeah, as it's a, a beautiful day. Um, yeah, I love his, he's like, he's got this flute and it just turns into like a radio transmitter as well. Yeah, yeah, because we saw earlier while Bond was going through New York, we see like the shoe shiner and stuff like everyone, literally, the network is crazy there, man. Very it gives impressive. me the same. Gives me the same. Like another way it contrasts Doctor No, because he has like all these people in random places as well. Like I think it's a Bond trope because you do get it in You Only Live Twice as well. And um, from Russia yeah. with Love, it does. It happens. I mean, from Russia. I mean, You Only Live Twice. The girls like talking into a handbag and stuff, man. You, you know. Yeah, you do actually. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think these, so they follow the scarecrows. The they follow the scarecrows into a poppy field, so where heroin is basically being produced. Um, then they very, basically they get chased very, by helicopter, yeah, by chopper. Then they get on a bus, and we have what I didn't get as well with this is like yeah. they're like, oh, well, you know, if if he finds it, then kill him. And it's just like, you, you know, like if he goes underneath the canopy, the you know the helicopter is not going to be able to see or aim at him. Just like just kill him immediately, right? That's like the whole point. Like, he, Other than again, I, I guess know. he doesn't know if solitaire. Is, well, he goes to kill him anyway, even regardless of being the soul set. So he's like really, you know, it's really weird, elaborate system he has to like protect these drugs and stuff. And like, I don't know, he seems like 
I don't know the the lengths Doctor Kananga goes to to like stop the population or whoever finding out about the drugs is like, and then when Bond finds it, he's like he's just so I don't know initially so calm about it. He's like, yeah, if he finds it, kill him, and then that's it. And then he's not like freaking out or anything. But I mean, he does later, which is, is really good. But he gets the whole he yeah. But that's Doc, that's the police. whole point. Doctor Kananga, he's like very much. He's just like, and that is his word. You know, you make sure you kill Bond, and 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 he, he puts emphasis on it as well. He says it in a calm way, but I think I think he's I think it's great that he does put goes to these lengths to hide this stuff. And when someone does stumble upon it, he's like, okay, like you got to get rid of him, basically. Yeah, because like he, um, he literally he has in order to keep everything together, you have to run a tight ship. And that includes yeah. And I think it's refreshing to see like a genuinely. Uh, well covered up sort of plot, you know, like the the, the plot in in this film is like relatively small scale, um, but it's it, for that reason it feels a bit more like realistic as well and like yeah. a bit yeah. better. Like it's yeah, well, I, I quite like the plot of it as well, like his kind of plan. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll get, I love we'll get to that little later. First of all, it. we have uh, we have the bus chase. Double decker so, yeah. This is a bit of a classic sort of it's weird though, because like I say again, he's being pursued by the sort of county police. Um yeah. and this is like to, did, did you not notice like how silent this is until the very end? Like I believe not really, not he, really. Even when like, he's driving the bus under the bridge and like the top bit comes off, which is a great stunt. Um there's no music at all. It's like really yeah, silent. Genuinely. There is I'm, music. There is music. No, there isn't when, there isn't until no, like no, he no. rides into the town, like after the chase is done, then there's music. Um, I'm pretty sure when the top comes off, there is like music. Yeah, there's Unless a little, like... there's a little bit of thing where it's like, well, I'm pretty sure it's like just before, where it's like, oh yeah, by the way, it's a low bridge, so they have like a little bit. Oh, of yeah, you're right, you're right, actually. Yeah, I thought oh, I had that, like. Yeah, other than that, right. it's like completely silent. I thought, I thought, just, like, I, thought I had like. I thought yeah, you I had, just like, hear out, the bus engine going, you know, like it's just but rumbling. The reason, the reason, the, I know for me it wasn't so much about. For me, it wasn't so much about the chase. It was about like. I don't know. If, no, I don't know. Like scenery, I guess. Like, because this is another one of those exotic locations he goes to. Well, it's fictional, but nonetheless. And then, like, he's just driving around this bus. And then, I don't know. I tend to notice, like, oh, yeah, he's driving through this place. Oh, look at that. It looks, it looks pretty cool. And then, like, I mean, we the action that's meant to be action, like, like really, like, full on is, like, later. This is just kind of. It feels more functional, uh, but it's still good because it has like a really, really funny and memorable like stunt, you could say as well, with the top of the bus coming off. And, and, and the fact is, Bond driving a bus as well. It's like yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, quite good. I like every time I see him like go, going to the pier, like I just half imagine it's because the spy loved me. I just think, yeah, he's just gonna drive right into the water, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, it's just like you, uh, you, oh, you like, can not that yet. Let's you, go. You can think you can think that because like the way he like accelerates down the pier, like and nearly runs everyone over, and they all have to like jump off for dear life. And like I don't know, like I always notice that. Like, isn't he not going to be like a bit more careful around them? And it's like I found it funny as well. Like how Bond insisted he wanted to do the cool machete thing, like chop the rope. You know, like yeah, it's exactly. like don't worry, I'll I'll take care of that. Oh, this is cool. You know, like yeah. so anyway. So they get off in the boat. Um, Obviously, uh, with with Coral Junior, and um, and then we get we, they basically get trapped in the taxi driver with the sideburns guy again. Yeah, How did he not clock that? By the way, he gets into the car and he's like the most iconic like hair slash sideburns <laughs> ever. And then he's like, you know where you're going, man. And then it's like, um, 
and then just gets trapped like nobody's business and then it's like okay you had it coming if you weren't gonna should have pulled the tins and you know, get out a pocket and i cut a hole around the bottom of the uh taxi and get out that way but but Being like there. when you get into the ta- i don't know James was stupid for that. I think. Well, anyway, they rock up at the plane. After, after all that, you probably, you know, think, oh, my man. Yeah, he's got his mind on other things, I think. But anyway, he they rock up at a plane school. Um, now, this is really strange to me. Yeah, I just will yeah. never understand how, and no matter how many times I watch this, what is going on when Solitaire and Bond get apprehended, and then Bond is like being sort of marched onto the plane. And then he's like, oh, yeah, well, it's a great view from up there, you know, when you get thrown out of the plane. And then uh, it's like, oh, well, my only regret is... I... And she comes out and like, the most... my only regret is I won't be there to see it. And then she, like, swings for Bond. And then she yeah. completely vanishes. And while they all go and chase him around in a, in a plane, this is completely ridiculous. But I think it starts... What is going on there? What do you I mean? Thought, I... Isn't you're confused what? as to why she wants to hit him? Yeah. What's Solitaire she doing? Just, she, because he's like, oh yeah, we're going to be fine, we're going to be fine. And now he's just got her kidnapped and she's going back there where she's going to die. Yeah. Like, why did she swing for Bond? I just don't... like Because, because, so she, random. Like, because she either way... Yeah, like, either way she's think, fucked, more or less. Like, yeah, she's, but she's, I, I just she's, find she's, it she's like... Th- and like, or maybe, was, another way I interpret it is like, she maybe is trying to like... I mean, this is less believable, but you could still take this angle. Like, she's trying to, like, make it look like she got kidnapped. And, like, I don't know, that it was all unwilling. And that's, like, her display of, like, resistance in front of the villains. I think you're just giving so way like... too much credit, man, her intelligence. I never... I don't, I don't, yeah, but, I... but still, still, James, though, like, if someone, like, rescued you... Like, yeah, 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 I hear, I hear that, that I hear that. But she doesn't say it, she doesn't look angry or stressed. It looks like... I think it might just be down to bad acting, because... No, she you, doesn't. You just, look, she like says it in such a calm. Looking into it too much. No, no, no. Because she says it in such. No, no, no. It, does the, does that action not seem weird to you? The way she says it is very like she's sort of just like, well, my only regret. And then like she got like a broom up her ass, and then like uh, I won't be there to see it. Uh, like that is it's like poor. Act, it, I don't know if it's poor acting she or looks, if it's she looks, or if There's something going looks, on. I just don't understand looks, what is happening there. She looks angry to me. And another reading yeah. I've heard of this is like. When she like hits him with the bag, that's like meant to be like I don't know his get out or something to like create I don't know a scene so he can like get away or something. I know I but, think like, she's genuinely pissed off with him. Like I, I never ever I never saw that as like weird or anything. So but she doesn't sound pissed off. She does. That, that's she a, sounds, I think that's more of a she you looks problem. pissed yeah. off as well. I don't know. Do I don't get. I think it's... When she... no, not at all. I think it's like one of the strangest bits of acting I've ever seen. But maybe that's just me. Anyway, um, so anyway, Bond hijacks a plane with Miss Bell in it. Mrs. Bell, sorry. Yeah, where's, and, um, yeah, where's Mr. Uh, whatever his name was? Yeah. Mr. The, Blinker. Yeah, Mr. Blinker. Yeah. So we have this sort of plane. This is like really, like really ridiculous, man. This was not written with Sean Connery in mind, I don't okay, think. They, they, they love a good bit of, you know, like Roger Moore on a plane doing some, you know, goose. Yeah. Um, yeah, with like the cars flying off and like. I don't know. Like it's pretty ridiculous. You, get, you, get you have like a, a real variety of like stunt planes as well. You have some planes which are like made of paper. Uh, <laughs> like a car get... drives into one, it literally folds around the front of the car, and the car like drives <laughs> off fine, you know. You s- and then you the see, next like... plane is like you know destroys the car, so you know. You see this like um, really weird line where it's the cab guy who's like, I can't find, I can't, I can't find the brake, and then like he just, how do you not find the yeah. brake? Like the thing is like. 
yeah, the window shattered, but that shouldn't stop. Like, maybe got like a maybe got like a fourth hand car, which just didn't come with a brake or something. One thing I did notice that was pretty cool is like that you get a scene where there's the planes going across this warehouse, and then they're like close those doors, and you see them like closing it. I always thought that was like I don't know, that's like an early adaptation of like the octopusy thing where they tried to do that, and then they kind of use that later, but for greater right. effect, I think. Yeah, it's cool, definitely. So, um, so then we cut to New Orleans again. Um, this time, Strutter, he, he bites it. He's like, he's killed. Unfortunately, I, I liked Strutter, but, you know, um, he's killed as well in exactly the same fashion as the guy earlier at the beginning of the film. Um, and Bond and Felix, like, they walk straight past the whole thing and they're like, they, they've got yeah, no idea what's going it, on. Exactly, that's what I mean. It's like, it's a pretty covert way of getting Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, they go and sit in the. They they go and they go yeah. inside the restaurant, and like uh, you know they it, you yeah. know doesn't doesn't want to go by the booth. Let's go nearer the stage, yeah, <laughs> and it's I like really it's like... so obvious. It's the same like waiter and everything, man. It's, <laughs> no, it's oh pre- man, I, really... I forgot to mention that the first time he was there in the Philly, uh, Philly, Philly, Philly soul, um, you know, like he has like <laughs> he's like completely sticks out like a sore thumb there for uh, many reasons. He, not. Not only that he's white, but he's also not American either. So like they're like like everyone's having like a joke at his expense, you know. There's like, oh yeah, can I have that with like no ice? And he's like, yeah, that'll cost extra, you know. Like they're all and everyone's just like taking the piss out of him, like laughing. He's just like, well, shit, I'm gonna sit by this booth, and then they spin him round. It's so like, yeah, it's funny. Like, and he's like, it's funny because he's meant to be like a secret agent in essence, but he's like the most obvious person ever in that situation. And yeah, like... and Strutter makes Strutter, Strutter says that to him. He's like, oh, white face in um, what's the area called? Harlem. 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 Yeah, white face in Harlem. That's you know, funny. it's like yeah. So uh, yeah, it's is... and it, it, it's funny how that dynamic is totally turned on Bond. He's like really like you know. But anyway, one thing that is pretty cool about this scene though is like. It's just a little detail, but I like the little stage performance of the main film title. Yeah, well. this is really like it's one of those meta moments in Bond. They like doing it in Roger Moore films in particular, where like the song gets thrown in there and you're like, Yeah, it's very cool though. It's very well done, I think. I yeah. do like it. And when she says live and let die, that's where he goes down, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, very yeah, cool. He just his beneath the floor. Lighter gets totally fooled, man. He goes for like a phone call, then comes back and it's like, Yeah, let me tell you what happened with your friend. And he's like, it's, I don't know if he's just sent on his way, but what yeah, the fuck yeah, is like, Felix Lighter doing? Uh, it's, he doesn't it's, really, it's really weird to me because, like, how does he get out of that situation alive? Because obviously he's going to try and get people into it, and then they know he's friends with Bob. So how do they not like yeah. just. He's yeah, lucky exactly. to what get happens out of to that, Felix man? Lighter? Well, he could just, yeah, does he I, have I, his I, own I, little yeah. Bond mission? They Maybe kidnap him and he escapes and we never see it. Yeah. Anyway. Do you think Felix like, Light maybe like you know he was also being tortured somewhere and he like and just no one cares you know just yeah like, exactly no one gives a shit. <laughs> anyway, well before we before we move on, I think I have a few questions for you. I want to play a game. So pay okay, attention. let's do it. This is actually testing whether you did pay attention. So mm-hmm. uh, for license to quiz today, your first question, Tom and James. Hang um, on, this- what, what are the scores? Four or no three four, yeah three four to Tom. So this is uh, this is for uh, uh, the split so far. So question one: How uh, what do you think the budget was for this film? Uh, I'm gonna say ten. No, I'm gonna say twelve million. 
I'm going to go with 10. Ah, uh, I don't know which one. James, that's a point to you. Fuck's uh, sake, I didn't know which one to go with. It was 7 million. Um, yeah, I thought it'd be lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it was, yeah, even 10 was a bit high. Was relatively. Yeah. I mean, that, that would have been, because of inflation, that would have been less than actually the previous. Um, anyway, uh, what do you think the box office was for question two? Um, I think, and I'm going to say 110 million. I think less. Uh, probably 70 million, I would say. Yeah. Tom, 161 million. You were closer. Wow. 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 A, that's a billion today. Still, one Why? Point, <laughs> 1.08. I'm really surprised by that. Fair play. Uh, I, that's really strange. There's no success. big name actors in this, and it didn't come off the back it, of the kids' been, It might have been like the actual song itself that got people to watch it. Like, people maybe, must have. Maybe. It. Maybe. Anyway, in his debut Bond film, how old was Roger Moore? 45. 45. That goes to Tom. He said it first. No, I swear we said it at the same time, man. I said no, it first. I, I heard I heard Tom first on that, like easily. All right. I mean, I can always go and check it if you want. If you nah, want. that's all right. I'm not. I'm not that guy, man. Fair enough. If I lost, I lost. Anyway, so how much was he also paid for his first appearance as Bond? Uh, five hundred grand. Seven is that correct, or is it worth me guessing? You can guess. Henry. Okay. If if, you, if someone uh, gets spot on, I will just say seven million. Uh, was the budget? Uh, I'm gonna go. He's a TV actor. Um, just, it's basically I'm gonna, lower, lower, I'm gonna say 750k because that's a bit. Yeah. Oh, I'll go. With Given the budget. Then. So your answer, James, is 500k. Tom is 750. Yeah. Tom, he was paid a million. Yes. He was paid a, a million lot. out of seven million. Wow. Yep. wow. I feel okay. disrespect to Sean Connery right there. But yeah. mm. Throughout this film... The seventh of the budget. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. This, this That's calling to the richest. So, anyway. Question five. How many Bond allies died in this film? Four. Uh, no. Because that's in the... Big, uh... Can you define Bond ally? I mean, Rosie doesn't count, right? So. Well, okay. People that Bond, like, you know, had as an ally throughout this film. So does Rosie count or not? Three people. Three people. Rosie doesn't count because she was a double agent. I think it's three. three. I'll say uh, four. That's five, James. So you get a point. Because Strutter dies as well. So there's the three at the beginning. Does that count though, the three at the beginning? Because they weren't really with yeah. James Bond. They're, they're, oh, they're... okay. Baines, well, man. They, 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 they went back, you know. <laughs> they're on the yeah, good yeah. side. Yeah, exactly. I rather like Baines. We share the same bootmaker. You know? Exactly. Anyway, how many lines does Whisper have in this film? Uh, I'm going to say eight. No, your I'm going to say It says your champagne so twice. Shall I open it twice? Yeah, uh... I think you might want to keep that to yourself, James, when you're counting. Well, Tom, Tom's, what's Tom's final answer then? Uh, I'm going to say... Seven, right? No, I, I'm going to say five. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, no, I'm going to say six. Uh, he says a couple at the end as well. I think seven. I'm going to go seven. Tom, you got a bang on. 
Yes. <laughs> Six lines. Because he also says, look out at the very yeah, end. Yeah, I rem- that's the one I remember, but it was like, um, when he says thank you when James Bond gives him wait, a tip. Wait, wait, wait. Seven. No, no, no. Sorry, it was James. I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss my, my mistake, sorry. Because <laughs> I was like, I was looking at the two different tallies I'd made. Because, um, um, yeah, anyway. Okay. So what's the scores now? 3-3, three, three, right? 3 all. Well, sorry for my um, slip up there. So, for the last... Uh, for the last... Pus- right, so for the last question. If you can finish the sentence for me, either of you, whoever does it first. I'm lucky at cards. Lucky at love. Uh, lucky in love. Lucky. Wait, no, that's... Wait, no, because you said, like, what? Was that the one for the film, or was it the real-life one? They're both for oh, the real-life one. You should have you should have specified, because he doesn't say that in the film. Yeah, but I still did it right. Wow, pulled it back to 4-4, man. That was pretty, like... I thought it was over as well, because of the whisper lines. I was like, oh, shit, I've lost, man. But there we go. Next okay. time, please be a bit more specific with the question. But you know what's funny? Do you well, know what's funny? When you give the questions, they're meant to be related to the film, not something outside. Yeah, but Bond it. says it at the end. That's he goes, uh, unlucky in cards. And then I actually looked it up on my phone. You could see it in my history. I, I was like, what's the end of that saying? And so I didn't know it until last night. So, But, you know. he, doesn't, Just, but he doesn't say that in the film, though. So. Yeah, no, yeah, but, but it's like if you say, uh, you know, they don't say how much the budget was. What? Yeah, but that is facts about the film. I don't know. Take up with the Quizmaster, man, because I have won, and now it's 4-4. So, what a comeback, by the way. 4-0 down. Well, we can talk talk about this afterwards, but for now, it's 4-all. Okay, so, yeah. That's, yeah. Okay, so, um... Where were we? Oh, yeah. So, he goes and meets Mr. Big now, again. Um, he's interrogated by him. He's like, you know, sort of strapped to a chair. Solitaire's there. So's Teehee. And uh, yeah, Mr. Big's like, yeah. So did you, did you, did you touch that? Um, and uh, and Bond's like, oh well, you know, that's just between me and Mr. Kanang, me and Kananga, you know, like, you know, mind your own business. And goes, you know, you won't see the sunlight. Like, Mr. Big's like really intimidating, man. But Bond's yeah. not. Bond's not like sweating it at all. He's just like, nah, fuck you, man. Yeah, when I see Kananga, you know. Yeah, I don't talk to lackeys, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then he goes right, and then we get sort of the, a bit of, a, well, a big plot twist, um, because he like rips off this mask. He turns out to be uh, Kananga in disguise the whole time, which is uh, yeah, very like cool. And yeah, the I like only thing well, I hate like, about yeah, the scene is how. Like, bad the mask is the effect is because he like pulls it and there's that must have stung his face for starters when he does that and, like it slings back on his face and it doesn't it's like i wish it could have just been done a bit cleaner you know like the the mask removal uh well they probably did the best with what they could back in the day so i guess i i, I it was like it was very like very cool twist though even though like when i was younger kind of i didn't really it was a bit strange for me but now i'm like oh yeah that's yeah, pretty cool we weren't following too much but yeah um, so Mr. Big, uh, turns out to be Kananga the whole time. And then we get this whole like exposition of his plan, which is to release heroin into the streets for free and then, uh, bring down, put everyone else out of business and then get loads of addicts on and then like, you know, double his money basically, which is a pretty good plot. I mean, it's nothing to, uh, you know, glo- world domination or anything. It's like, well, to be fair, he like, just, he like 
massively increase the amount of use of heroin and also make a monopoly of it. And I liked as yeah. well his like little things like, yeah, other than, uh, yeah, it's like me and the telephone company would be the only market uh, monopolies operating, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a good plot. Yeah. Kananga's like strutting about. He's like, he's really like, Sure, I mean, I mean, this is a bit of a trope with Bond villains, but he really sells it in terms of just being like, yeah, he's really in control here. He's like got everything going yeah. his way, apart from Solitaire. So now he's like, okay, so <laughs> now what, Bond? Now I'm here, tell me. And he's like, Bond's like, well, the uh, gentleman never really says, you know. Like, yeah, like, like, shut up, Bond, man. You got, you got found out. He's like, he's squirming now, man. Um, and then like you know they do like the the watch test on uh, Solitaire, which she like. Again, she's like, like, like shaking in her boots, man. Like, oh, I th- it's a yes, I think, maybe, you sure? Yeah. Yes, no, no, yes. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah, okay, see you later then. So Bond gets carried off by Whisper. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, Solitaire gets gets battered a little bit. Um, and yeah, battered, Baron Savage rocks up as well and starts burning cards and shit, you know. So yeah, I just think I didn't get like. Surely Baron Samity could also read tarot cards, right? Yeah, 100%. But that's probably, like, low level for him, man. He's, like, busy, like, probably bringing cats yeah. back to life and stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, he's back at his show where he, like, pretends to rise from the dead, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, this is small-time stuff for him, man. He just, like, he could do it, like, just picks one up. He's like, oh, there you go, mate. Um, but I do, I do, like... Um, I, I love Kananga's performance at this moment. He really loses his shit with Solitaire. And, yeah. um, I don't know, he's, he's like, like, you know, I would have shanked you. You knew that. <laughs> yeah. You knew that. Yeah. He like loses it, man. Um, for the first time as well, until then, he's been very, he's been cool as Cucumber, man. And now he's like pissed off, you know? So, so yeah, I think, uh, Kananga like really delivers. And there's a bit, a particular shot where he stands up. I don't know. I notice it every time he's like, he like when he stands up out of his seat and the camera angle, just like, yeah like moves with him and it's like you're like there man it's like i don't know he's like very intimidating like villain man very good um and this is the only villain performance i've seen him because like say in alien he's like completely different character he's like you know you remember him in alien right very vaguely because i've seen alien quite a few like maybe three years ago and i've only seen it once so yeah you should watch again alien's great and he's he's great in alien as well and and the running man as well which was in the 80s but still um Again, he's like he's Arnold Schwarzenegger's like buddy in that film, basically. So you know, um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 it's just it's a great variety of characters that I've seen him play. In this one, he's like a very fearsome villain, um, a Bond villain, no less, as well. Mm. So anyway, um, so they go and do that. Bond uh, goes to the farm. Bond goes and visits the crocodile slash alligator farm where trespassers will be eaten, as we can see yeah. from uh, where you see. are, Henry. Um, sorry for the Spotify listeners, but um, but yeah, so you have uh, yeah the alligator farm. So and in so in, in amidst this farm, there's like a lab going on as well, where they're like yeah, refining exactly. the heroin, presum- presumably. Yeah, right? I mean, don't know how they delivered all that equipment out there, but I guess they're making it work. Yeah, um, so Bond is there. We get a bit. Yeah, we get a, spend a bit of time story. with Teehee. Yeah, we get his yeah. story, you know, he's talking about the crocodiles and like how one of them tore his arm off. You want to so... know how I got this arm, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, 
And yeah, so so he leaves. He, oh yeah, and he, he's he's like fucking with Bond, you know. He's like, oh, there's only two ways to stop a crocodile killing you, man. Like, well, one is you jab him in the eye, or the second is he is even simpler. You just put your hand in his mouth and rip out his teeth, you know. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this yeah, is when we like, get to see. Like, like, yeah, Bond is just like you know he, despite the fact in the situation he's in, he's just like you know he, he like looks relatively calm for someone who has to deal with this, you know. Oh, definitely. And then, uh, obviously, he's got, yeah, obviously the watch comes into play again. But it's funny because it doesn't really, like, execute as well as he intended because, like, he pulls on the boat. I like that they actually failed. Very good use of the gadget, I must say. Like, very good use. Um, Very practical. And then, but then, obviously, it's tethered, so they can't come as close as he wants, which is cool because, you know, it's it's like, oh, yeah, Bond gets out of everything, but then sometimes things fuck up. Yeah. Um, but then the stars do align a little bit, almost literally, where you have yeah, well, uh... his... now. Correct. I mean, this this is obviously very parodied, and like this is sort of like a bit of a joke when it comes to Bond. But really? yeah, I think people like mock the scene quite a lot. But like, um, well, they shouldn't. But yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think this stunt was done for real. It was done for real, and right. it was actually done by the owner of the uh, croc farm. He's like, yeah, right. He insisted like first that he time had as well, right? Uh, it wasn't first time. He nearly died multiple times doing it. But <laughs> wow, uh, I think it's worth mentioning as well with Roger Moore. Uh, I, I was find I find this funny. You know, with a lot of actors, um, especially these days, they pride themselves on like doing all their own stunts and stuff. They're like, yeah, yeah I do my stunts. Da, da, da. Roger Cruise. Moore is like, he doesn't give a shit, man. He's like, nah, I've never done any of my stunts. He doesn't even run on the film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He has like, someone else do yeah. running for him because, like, yeah, he doesn't. He, he doesn't like how he looks like when he runs. Yeah, he doesn't look. Yeah. How funny Which I is think that? Is quite funny, but to be fair, <laughs> if, if I if I if I was him, I should be like, you know. I'm, I'm being paid, you know, like... I respect that. He's, like, so open about it. He's like, yeah, I don't do any of my own stuff. And it's just funny. He's been paid way more than Roger, uh, than Sean Connery. Sean Connery went through, like, you know, went to hell and back for his Bond films yeah. in terms of, like, Man, injuries you, and stuff. Also, this is just as a sign of, do you know how much George Lazenby got paid for his single time as, uh, as uh, Bond? No. Got, well, no. He only got paid 80 grand. Oh, like really? He, he was after that. He was actually broke. Like he was broke. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He went bankrupt, man. Um, do you want to like? Should we find out where Tom went? Tom must have had some like connection issues or something. So you can always uh, ask him. Oh, what am I doing? Should we uh, call him quick or? On his like, can't we? Right. So then, so then we get this boat chase, which is like the longest boat chase ever. Very and yeah. And this is where like from what I'm. Um, aware at the time the reception to this film was like Roger Moore's kind of like like a silent bond because he goes about 15 minutes without a single line of dialogue right mm. from like now until well from his last conversation with Teehee until like like well, way like to say you know like well yeah he, people... just on, on the boat he has literally nothing to say so yeah. um yeah so he... yeah I mean, also, you, you might have glossed over the fact that he kind of, yeah, led, like, food into the lab. And oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he leads the alligators and burns down the, the lab. So, <laughs> you know, definitely puts puts a, a dent in um, in uh, Kananga's operations there. But, uh, yeah, so he, he, he escapes on a motorboat. And, um, yeah, he's been, like, pers- he's been pursued, obviously, by K- not just Kananga's henchmen, but then by the, you know, by the police. 
Yeah, exactly. Including With... a certain uh, Sheriff J.W. Pepper, who, like, Which... his first act is, like, a typical, like, redneck racist cop man, you know? He's, like, yeah, okay. goes up to one of T- uh, Kananga's henchmen, who's, like, the nameless one, but he's, like, really cool as well. Yeah, um, literally. Yeah, but, like, he he's there, and then, like, J.W.'s, like, yeah... Put you know ten fingers on the thing. Yeah, I bet this your, isn't your uh, day, but you know he's you know? like he's like proper racist to this guy, man. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but obviously, they, they, yeah, go on. They included Sheriff J.W. Pepper because like they they had a few predicaments when filming this because obviously you know Bond is you know the white hero and you know obviously you know the villain who's black is going to be defeated and they'd be like yeah this like you know we have to balance it a bit. So and also they were getting apparently the American police were like being a pain in the ass to them like while they were filming as well. So they just decided, right, let's let's put in a like our greatest American stereotype yet, you know, into the Bond series. Like like That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I didn't know that. (laughs) I didn't know he got written in like that, because yeah, he is like basically the stereotype American as far as I'm concerned. And um I love the context around that. And that adds up to my question about because this is why this he was the main thing I had in mind when I was wondering about the transition between Sean Connery and Roger Moore. At what point did they decide to introduce J.W. Pepper? Because he would not fit in a Sean Connery film. But that yeah. adds up then if it was sort of like during the filming, basically. Yeah. He as well, um, I, I love the bit as well, like because like the boats like go over, he sees this. Um, the henchman takes his time to dip and like the boat, one of the uh, goons boats goes right through his car and like I like his, uh, his like you know, underlings like pop up there or like, just making fun of him. He's like, God, what happens to the sheriff's car? And then like the other one's like, Oh, you haven't heard? That's one of them new boat cars, you know? And he hears this and he's like, you know, Yeah, yeah, like, I love it. It's like and Yeah, yeah he tries to have his cool one line just he's like almost like a white EDP man. I d I don't know about you, but I get that like I get those vibes from him, man. Just like Well he's he's trying like, to have like He's speaking like using like the law, which is written in eloquent English, and yeah, it just sounds yeah, like ridiculous yeah. saying it. And he's like, yeah. Lenin, I'm gonna commandeer this vehicle, and that includes you, smart ass. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're both just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, anyways, then okay, yeah, so then this 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 chase continues for ages, man. Oh, yeah, this is quite funny because it like JW's like, don't worry, my 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 uh brother Billy Bob is yeah, cousin, my cousin Billy, yeah, Bob my brother getting... Billy Bob. Yeah, Billy Bob. He's got. Oh, he's got I, the first quite, I, I was almost yeah. going to ask you, like, like, how many times did you say Billy Bob throughout this? But <laughs> you know, a question I thought you were going to ask: What time was it when M knocked on his door? <sighs> Which is five forty-eight. I wrote it down, so I might as well say. It. Nice to know, but yeah, too bad. Yeah, nice to know <laughs> that as well. Yeah, I, I, I listen. Like, I, I'm like trying. I'm trying to get a step ahead of Henry, but this, this I, is because, I mean, like, I, and I'm trying to get a step ahead of him, which is why I don't. Always you actually write you actually write these things down because I always made a point of not writing them down and using them. Oh no, I'm always making sneaky little notes, like just in case something comes up. But the thing is, I've never been able to correctly anticipate one of Henry's questions. Exactly, because at the same time, I I see something and I'm like, well, you know, I think he might think I'm going to ask this question. (laughs) Which is also why not every single question is something that is exactly in this film. Like, for example, like how old was he, and so on and so forth, because it's not. This is, this, there are some things that you have to make either a complete guess or an educated guess on. So, mm. yeah, yeah. explain some things. 
So then, um, yeah, it explains why I lost the first four straight. But um, but then, yeah, so then we cut to, yeah, so so Billy Bob's boat gets hijacked by, uh, by um, this, the, the guy without guy. a name. Yeah, the nameless goon. He's, he's, he's like still really so cool, cool though. Like, he, he doesn't it's say Adam. Like, and you hear his name in this polish, like, JW's car, and he just dipped. Yeah, yeah, so good, man. And he goes and, like, takes out his brother-in-law as well, commandeers his boat. Like, the yeah, but I, I like it. They don't, they don't make a point of him killing him as well. He's just, like, he doesn't unnecessarily kill people either. No, 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 he, he didn't like, kill him, did he? Yeah, exactly, that's what I mean. Like, the, yeah. like he just like, knocks him if out. we're talking, like... Yeah, yeah. So then uh, he gets on the boat, uh, zooms after Bond, and then Bond like yeah, throws petrol in his eyes, thing. basically, and like get get makes it ex- uh, makes it explode I like, I like, another boat. I like the bit of comedy though before and where like like they're all like oh yeah like, sorry yeah these yeah, yeah. are on the bay and there's like trying to be like oh yeah you know Marco my my, my yeah, bit of like, he'll get him like, oh, yeah like he's, he's, he's the only one who's not looking because he's too hyped yeah. about it. And then it's like, you sure that was your cousin? Yeah, you sure that was your brother-in-law? Yeah, 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 very good. My brain's always um, correct cousin from the south, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not it's not like it's always mutually exclusive, probably in those parts. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, family tree like a Christmas wreath. Anyway, they eventually like Bond. Eventually, sort of shakes everyone off, and um, Felix Leiter meets him, and then JW's there. He's like gonna have his moment. They take him aside like now. This is mate, you know, he's actually he's actually on our he's actually like a secret agent. A secret agent on whose side? Yeah. Uh, most exaggerated <laughs> performance ever, man. But it works. It definitely works for this film. Um so yeah, and then it's like, oh yeah, so um so then we cut to basically this is the climax of the film pretty much. We have Bond, Lighter yeah, and Quarrel Jr. They're all on the boat ready to go and take down Kananga and his island, his base, and rescue Solitaire, presumably. Yeah, Solitaire's the sole reason why they can't just, like, nuke the place. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, shit. So, um, so they go and, like, and there's this, like, voodoo ceremony going on, um, in which, you know, obviously Solitaire's tied up and uh, sort of teased with this snake. But then they yeah. they decide not to kill yeah, her. Yeah, it that, reminds right? me of like Temple of Doom, where like where yeah. like the bullet there's no mercy, just rip his eye out, boom, done, send the next one in, you know. Yeah, very. Convenient. And then when it comes to Willie Scott, it's just like, oh, well, you know, oh, we'll just give you a few more minutes, just to you know, yeah, before I'm we. I'm gonna hesitate just for you, yeah, just just yeah, enough time for someone to come and bail you out. I do yeah, want to no, comment he's as well by the hour, which is why he's taking forever. Yeah, I do want to comment. Roger Moore is here, and he rocks up with a Magnum Forty Four. Which got me yeah, thinking, exactly. like, like, did did because uh, obviously Magnum Forty Four is famously like the the gun that Dirty Harry uses. So to mm. see Roger Moore with it, I was like, shit. Um, I wonder, like, you know, did Dirty Harry come out before this fun, film? And it did. Fun fact. Fun fact, by the way. I mean, unfortunately, my equipment kind of messed up a bit. Yeah, which go on. Is like, you get to go say on. some stuff. But with this film, uh, with this part, I mean. Uh, you mentioned when we were watching it, um, yeah, Felix, yeah, ominous when he says, watch out for sharks on the way back. But mm-hmm. in the novel, this is actually the one where Felix Leiter gets his leg bitten off by a shark and not licensed to kill. Oh. So, um, yeah, 
So I thought when nice you mentioned night. that, that's a bit of a coincidence. Yeah. Also, you nice. forget to mention Roger Moore also rocked up with a black turtleneck. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. But on this Magnum 44, I was wondering if um, if in Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry, like if that was that. And that came out in 1971. So it's interesting for me. That almost certainly had an influence on Roger Moore's uh, weapon in this scene. Weapon of choice. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm like convinced. And there's obviously, there's one other. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Robert De Niro uses one in Taxi Driver as well. Yeah, but that's the um, thing as that well. Came like, out when, when Roger, when, when he shoots, like, um, he shoots a guy twice with it. And I'm like, do you really need to shoot someone twice with this gun? You know, like, like, like. Worth well, mentioning, we, we've all fired a uh, Magnum 44 as well yeah. at some point. He would have, him and, like, just firing at once, him and everyone in, like, a 10 meter vicinity would have all gone deaf, you know, like, with the how loud that bloody thing yeah, is. Yeah, you know? we know that from experience, man. It's like a well, cannon. guns and films, you know, but it really yeah. is. But, uh, yeah, I just think it's cool to see Bond wearing Magnum 44. And just, it's probably, it's, it was influenced by um, Dirty Harry, clearly, as well. Um, so then there's like this grave resurrection thing with Baron Semedy where like, yeah, you know, they're, they're having the grave and he comes up and it's all like trick works or like machines underneath. But, you know, the villagers aren't, you know, haven't cottoned onto that. So uh, he raves, raises from the tomb and um, fights Bond, like, which is over pretty quick, gets pushed into Coffin of Snakes. Mm-hmm. Bond goes and saves Solitaire, runs down into into the grave, literally. Um yeah, like you know, they're trying like to dodge song. some henchmen, but basically yeah, they run into uh, they run into Kananga's underground base, which is very yeah, cool. At the same time as they like they blow up um, a lot of the well, they they bomb a lot of the uh, poppy fields because that's what I realized. Quar- yeah, Quar- yeah, yeah, I know, just Quar- no, 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 he they by the time he's seen Kananga, they've already done that because like Quarrel Junior like sets up loads of charges and then they they go off think... in the middle of the fight. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Which, which is why, yeah, Kananga's got more angry about that than when, you know. No, but this is the thing. He's like, you know, I, lo- I like this, though, because he's like, he's still cool, you know, as a cucumber. He's like, you know, Poppy's a very re- resistant plant, you know. There's probably, he's probably got, like, stuff all over the island. They kind of got, like. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Fair play, fair play. Then. I think he's a bit drunk in this scene as well, because I've heard some people say that he's a bit drunk tipsy in this scene, because he's like, in a drunk really, like, that. he's always a bit like, um, I know, he's a bit. He's a bit like joyful considering everything that's happened. Like, uh, and yeah, he's just hanging out in his villain lair, which is it's pretty cool actually. It's like nifty little. It's got a chilling section. It's got a section for like a sharks in case you need to feed anybody. I feel really bad for like Whisper and all this as well because like he's like. I don't know. You just get the like. Can I just bullies him? He just like makes him. Oh yeah, but it's really funny, man. Yeah, it's not like I, I mean it does humiliate him, but it's you can tell they sort of they're probably like they're kind of mates. It's not like um uh what's his name? Thunderball. Vargas. Yeah, Vargas and Largo man. It's like yeah, it's Vargas two point But like yeah. No, Whis- Whisper's like, like he's pretty cool with it, man. He doesn't you know, it's like he's alright. Yeah, yeah. He's like <laughs> he's like you never you never listen to me, man. It's like, yeah, because I can never fucking hear you, mate. Like Yeah, for real. Yeah. But I reckon but, Whisper gets some bitches, you know. He's not like Vargas, man. You know, like yeah, they never say Whisper gets his hose, man. He's alright. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We never know what went on on that sofa, so you know. Exactly. Anyway, exactly. The other thing, the other but, thing um, as well, is like 
a really random comment about this, like this, like uh, layer. For some reason, I just think this, like of all the previous layers, would just work as a Lego set. It feels like how it's designed, you know. Maybe yeah, yeah, think, probably would. You can lower them in with like you lower them down to the sharks. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah you've got obviously. Like, Sorry. Cool little monorail as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just like Tanaka, um, yeah. and Blofeld. but yeah, um, yeah, serve champagne on it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah, there is this whole thing with the air pistol compressed air, which is a bit like okay, it's funny for that gimmick that they, you know, they, he shoots uh, the sofa, which um, uh, whispers on. But other than that, it's like doesn't lead to anything particularly good. Yeah. You have Do you these, know like really what they used to kill sharks on. Oh, that's real. Oh, okay. No, no, you don't. You don't use that to kill sharks generally, and you don't to get sharks away because you're not supposed to kill them. Uh, you're supposed to use um, electro pulse magnetic thing to try and deter them. So, oh. what's the point of this compressed air gun then? Is it just like well, a fancy gadget they made up? Why has he brought it with him? Is a bit well, ostensibly, it's to like keep sharks away but i think having like a weird electromagnetic thing would have um you know exposition yeah yeah but i just don't understand why this gadget is there in the first place it wouldn't have made it's there for the silly exposition so they can get a a really ridiculous believable enough i think to kill a shark because obviously you can't shoot with a gun you have to use this anyway anyway i can imagine um, that would probably work on on a shark well anyway bond gets cut I, they do have uh, like they do have like shark guns, but they don't. I don't think they work like that. Like they just inflate them with air because that would be pretty impractical. Yeah, because then they could just open their mouths, you know. <laughs> yeah, so Bond and they have gets uh, as well. So yeah, Bond yeah. gets cut, lowered into the thing, into the shark tank with uh, with uh, Solitaire. Um, he's obviously just looking on the whole time, and uh, yeah. Bond escapes with his Rolex watch, you know, with like the yeah. buzzsaw on it, which is like the coolest thing ever, man. He also magnetizes the. This is where yeah, the magnet gets a bit silly because he would like pull half the room with him, man, not just yeah, like exactly. a specific item. Um, like, like, I mean, the starters, yeah. the thing he's actually tied to is like completely metal frame, so you know. But um, but anyway, so he gets the compressed air bullet, cuts himself free. He kicks Whisper into, like, this big container. Yeah, but his um, last words, look out, you know. Yeah. And he has a fight with uh, Kananga, which is a bit of a strange fight. Um, I think it's fair to say. Not the first one in this film, but, like, the, the really way Kananga is, really... like, he's very theatrical with the knife, you know, like, I don't it's know. It's very, yeah. like, chore- I think that bit, like, I saw someone explain, and I, it makes sense. Maybe Baron Samadhi, like, taught him those techniques, because, like, he's, like, trying to make himself look bigger or whatever to, like, intimidate James Bond, but it just isn't working. And then, like, he's doing these weird things with his hands, like, you can imagine yeah. that. You yeah, can imagine like, Samadhi taught him. As well. Like, you, you, Samadhi's doing this to, like, I don't know, that was, like, one of Samadhi's tactics or whatever, and then, um, I don't well, know, Sam- it, it, it could, I don't know, it works for me, but, like, what, I, what doesn't work for me is when he, like, fails at it, because the fight afterwards, when they're, like, kind of wrestling, just looks so, like, awkwardly choreographed and it's just like yeah not awkwardly but it's just so obvious like well you know we know we know how yeah underwater fights have gone in this series so far so yeah but even before they fall in the water it's like oh bam bam knee you in the other yeah i agree it's it's not it's not a great fight but um it's a shame really they could have been a better fight i think 
I just I wish they'd um, done Kananga justice with his death, like because his death is probably the worst death of any Bond villain. Um, and he's such a cool character, he's such a cool villain. That's basically what people that's what sticks in people's memory. I think people go, oh yeah, well Kananga, oh right, I don't know. Um, his death is fucking stupid, man. It's just embarrassing. Like, what? Who thought that was a good idea, man? And just a bonk go at the end. Oh well, he always had an inflated opinion of himself. Hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's not the right pun, but it's just for the for the actual the death itself. Yeah, because it, it, like yep. it just looks so dumb, and it wouldn't. Again, that probably wouldn't work on a person either. Yep. And now you get a very cool Bond fourth act. This is one of my favorite Bond yeah. fourth acts, man, for sure. Like, teehee. When you see, like, the bags of, like, seeds or whatever there, and then you see his claw come out and cut the bag over, that is so cool. Even though it's, like, you can't imagine T like, yeah, curl oh, I like his well, he, in a sack. He's, like, because yeah. his boss is gone. He's just doing this for free. Yeah, know? yeah. I was thinking, like, what stakes he got in this left? He's, like, nah, he's just, like, you know. Um, I guess, yeah. Maybe he wants to, like, I don't know, kidnap Solitaire or something. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, but I don't know if, yeah, if he forced him to pick something. Just take it and I like that Sean, uh, Roger Moore's teaching her, like, a normal card game as well while, while this is happening. Yeah, so she just, like, destroys <laughs> him at it, and he's just like, well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Roger Moore... Uh, so, so, yeah, he has a fight with Bond on the train. Very cool train fight, I think. Mm. It's over relatively quickly, though. Because Bond, like, snips the cords of, like, the exposed arm, which is a bit... I don't know about that. Well, it's a hydraulic arm, isn't it? Or something along those lines, so... All right. Well, well either would... way, I mean, it's just... It's convenient, how... I mean, I don't know if Bond would, like, really know that, but uh, I guess he knows about, right, you know, best, butterflies best and stuff, death, you so. know? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and the fact that he sort of lets him do it as well, but I don't know. Anyway, um... Yeah. Bottom line is, yeah, he gets like thrown, and like the the sound effect of like the arm tearing off from the rest of his body is like pretty grim, man. That that yeah, can you yeah. imagine that? <laughs> yeah, that would be painful. So, uh, okay, since we're just briefly on the subject, like how how does that arm work then? Like how is it attached to his body? Well, it looks there, like I always like thought a, it was some uh, kind of like sci-fi kind of technology where it's like linked. I don't, th- I don't think they like surgically attached it to him. I think there's just something which rests on the shoulder that like kind of just tucks under a suit that you can move around with. How does he control it then? Good question. That's it. That's why I think it's a bit of like sci-fi sort of not a cyborg, but you know, kind of something. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really wouldn't know actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I think it's one of those you just. But I, I think it's a bit of a sci-fi. Well, I've thing. never thought about it until now, so you know. Really, I thought that always fascinated me from the first time I saw this character. I'm like, oh yeah, I wonder how he controls his arm. But that's well, yeah. From he must have had for me. It's he probably had the thing, the surgery for the thing to go into him, like because that's the only way he could potentially connect it with his nerves and try and get it to work yeah. like that. But um. I don't know, that just makes the whole thing, like, it just getting ripped out, like, all that worse, like... That's um, what I mean, exactly. That's why it's, like, always painful. That's the thing, there's no blood left on it. I mean, obviously, because it's a PG film, but still, like... Nah, nah, but it's dark and everything is quick, like, but yeah, anyway. That's basically the end of the film. Oh, yeah, we do get Baron Samadhi on the front of the train as well, which is, like, really cool. Weird, but cool. Of all the Bond films we've got, this is the one I'm most interested to see the rankings, actually. So, um, like, how, how we go, how we get along with this. First, first and foremost, we have to rank a new Bond. 
Number one, Sean Connery. Number two, George Days and me. Do you want to rank Roger Moore now if we all have formed opinions, or should we wait until the view to a kill? I think we can I think we can rank him now and then by the end of the We can music, adjust we'll it as we go along. Just, yeah. Okay, that's a cool idea. In that case, I think he goes third. Really? You think he's below George Lazenby? It, for this film versus On Emergency Secret Service, yeah. Yeah, probably because the script doesn't fit him so well. It's not really something of his own fault, but if I'm watching this, I feel I really do feel felt at many times like yeah this doesn't he doesn't like naturally fit like like well. put yourself in 1973 you've just seen this film and all you've got to measure it against is the previous ones you're saying no george Lazenby was far better than this guy man well not far better but still i it, think it's, so it's, it's not that he is um because i don't want to like rag on like roger moore because he's good in this film no no do i i'm not I, script, I, like said, roger moore, I, I i would i would put him first at, at the end of a fully formed ranking but just based on this film alone, I think he would go third at the moment. That's that's all. Okay, so this isn't a controversial thing between all three of us, I see. So uh, I guess we're going to go for that for now. Yeah, and obviously as his, you know, character evolves, then we'll, we'll get to move him up. Yeah. Bond girl, number one, Tracy. Number two, Domino. Number three, Honey Rider. Number four, Tatiana. Number five, Aki slash the wife. Number six, Pussy Glore. Number seven, Tiffany Case. Where are we putting Solitaire? I think Solitaire can go around uh, Aki's level, to be honest. I do like, right. like I do, I do like her a lot, and she like, she um, yeah, she has some. I think she's a bit like it was her first film, so. I'd kind of put a blow Tiffany case, if I'm being honest. Really? I would as well. Yeah, but like, like if, even she's if, she's. Like... At least she brings something new to the table. Like she brings like a different dynamic i guess you could say to what bond girl does in these films I mean, and like and then she like but that's does. literally it all she does is read cards that's not very like cool or interesting i mean and tiffany case has a lot more to do than well. than her let alone pussy glow she doesn't yeah, influence she doesn't the plot deliver at all on either she, she doesn't influence the plot either solitaire has like she does kind of because that's the whole reason james bond goes back to san monique to get her uh, but that's and, the only reason for let's like like she exists solely so that he can have an action sequence on the island. So exactly, yeah, yeah, but that's what generally these end up kind of being as well. That happens with Domino, and you ranked her really high. You ranked her first at one point, so like I don't think that's really fair criticism. Like yeah, but that's only yeah, but Domino like... has a lot. Domino literally kills Largo. Exactly. You know, like she actually does something. What does Solitaire actually do apart from? Yeah, because she had she had personal stakes in it, and Solitaire exactly. kind of. Solitaire's got yeah. nothing, and she's not an interesting. Yeah, because yeah, because the film didn't have enough time to write something in for her, like her having. Okay, but that's that's yeah, not but like, still at the end of the day. It's like like with like Diamonds Are Forever. The original script was like a revenge film. Just because of that, I'm not going to say it's good. So yeah, I think eighth for now. I, there are worse Bond girls than Solitaire, but for now. Probably the weakest one we've had so far for me. Mm. So um, the villain now, this will be interesting. Number one, Blofeld, Donald Pleasance. Number two, Goldfinger, which I still think is wrong. Number three, Blofeld, Sally Savalas. Number four, Dr. No. Number five, Rosa Klebb. Number six, Largo. Number seven, Blofeld, uh, Charles Gray. <laughs> Where are we going to put Dr. Kananga? I'd venture to put him above Dr. No, even. I think he yeah. goes below Dr. No. For what reason? Because he's really good, but I think Doctor Snow is better because he like 
he is the titular character so so much of the film basically hangs off him and like he's basically the reveal of him is basically the thing that mm. the film builds up to at the end i think i don't think like kananga is really really good but i still think he, like not as much hangs on him that he has to deliver in terms of what well, the film he has two villains at once. he's like no, yeah no mr big is just like i don't know he's very ancillary like to me he's like he, he's in two scenes with james bond like and he's like he's not that he's pretty generic if you if you know what i mean like he that's, anybody... but that's the whole point that's like the whole elaborate scheme from kananga to have this like like extra guy there who's just like an enforcer basically like a mafia guy well and then dr Stanger gets to have a clean rep and doesn't get his hands dirty but he's like the same guy that's and he, what i like he'll... i mean I, I know what you're saying about dr no the whole plot revolves around him but i think that almost works against him in this context because um if we're talking about their scheme and their plot uh dr Yang has a much more realistic and interesting like plot i think and he has a grip on like new yeah, Orleans but, and new york and this island but you I have think to remember the plot i'd the almost be tempted of, to put him above telly savalas blofeld but i think that i think fourth is the perfect place the plot, for him, no personally. the plot is like the thing is the plot is a bit like goldfinger and but it's like just done slightly differently like he's just trying to get increase the value of his drugs oh. but the, the thing with Do- the uh, Doctor No's plot, I mean, it had much more budget constraints, but still it managed to be very, still like, it still manages to be, like, very relevant to the times with, like, the, um, the rocket race going on and everything. And, um, yeah, and I think it's... It fits well, well Henry nice gets casting vote, to... then. We're, we're above or below Doctor I would no. still... I would, it's it's actually quite close, because Doctor No, I still think, is a very Just... good villain. Like, there's no, like, imaginary dotted line below Kananga. Fine, um, Doctor Kananga 4 and... Thingy. But the I think the real I think the real difference the thing that makes a difference is the fact that Dotson doesn't have much screen time which I wish he had more of but you barely see him and his his yeah he, I think if you see Dotson more he but he is in like fifteen minutes of the film if that which is a sh- which is a shame to be fair because he was very and well, they both have quite shit Blofeld's, deaths as well Blofeld's <laughs> from You Only Live Twice is in only like ten minutes of it, so like you can't really throw that against. He appears an hour film. Yeah, but like I've literally seen a clip on YouTube. It's like You Only Live Twice or Blofeld parts, and it's literally ten minutes long. So like you can't really throw that against Doctor No as a criticism, especially well, this, like this is this, 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 this segment this might go on longer than his screen time, man. I mean, I think we're put, are we putting him fourth or fifth then? Fourth. Okay, Kananga. I think that's fair, man. Yeah, for well, the if guy, you're gonna man. if you're gonna have these characters so high, then I don't understand why your your opinion of this film is lower than mine. Doesn't. Oh, well, we're gonna rank them. We're gonna rank them. We'll see. Henchmen. So the henchmen in this film, we have like an entourage. Basically, we have Tehe, Whisper, and the and Adam. You said his name was. Yep. His name was probably Adam. I think from what I remember. It okay. is Adam. So we have number one, Odd Job, number two, Red Grant, number three, Bunce, number four, Wint and Kid, number five, Fiona, number six, Hands. Where I'd we put in T.E. And, and, the, and the boys. This entourage <laughs> would go above Wint and Kid, I think, just below Bunt. I think they're yeah. above Bunt. They That's bring fair. so many things to, like, the table, like, all these different, like, aspects. Mm. Like, T.E.'s good. He has a little... Um, mechanical arm thing and it is a good thing when he like breaks the gun and like the, yeah, i don't know they just true. it just feels like 
Irma, Irma, Irma Bunt is just kind of running things a bit with like these angels of death. That's true. Should, should we put should we put them above Bunt then? Just the gun. I don't. I know, but the thing cool. is with, with Bunt as well. Like she she as as like her solo entrance, she puts like the fear of God into like everyone at the clinic. You know, like but does not does Baron Sam? Yeah, but not do the that music when he bends the gun, man. Well. Yeah. What about the cool music, Henry? <laughs> what about the cool music, man? Boom. Puts it in his hand and laughs and walks off, man. Yeah, all, all right. For that interpretation, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. Okay, so then we have number one on job number two, Red Grant. Number three, um, Teehee and Co. And uh, and yeah, because you've also got like the guy who takes out Billy Bob and stuff. Man. I think he's a cool entourage. I mean, I like yeah, to, I mean, Bunt like is like out. a more quality like actress and like like fleshed out character. But I think that's more encompassed in like the film's overall ranking, which is first. I'd also I, I'd also like to shout out to his like red like red suit drip that yeah. he wears. His red blazer, man, so cool. Yeah. And his fourth act is. I mean, Bunt's is devastating but T's fourth act is cool <laughs> car slash vehicle i don't really think we got anything no, the bus, the yeah. bus yeah like yeah. uh well, m is still bernalina one aston Martin rankings you know plus yeah. glider q's not in this uh money penny's still number one lois maxwell okay the ally slash felix lighter we have number one draco and campbell and number two tiger tanaka number three quarrel and lighter number f- which we basically have remixed here. We have Coral Jr. and Lighter this time, and yeah. Strutter. Um, number four, Karen Bay. Number five, Lighter and Goldfinger. Number six, Lighter and Thunderbolt. Number seven, Lighter and Diamonds Are Forever. So where are we putting Light, uh, Coral Jr. and Lighter? Above Quarrel and uh, Lighter from Doctor No, I think. He's supposed to be the main ally, and Quarrel is like supposed so, Tom, to be... So, Tom, you, you want to put Quarrel above Coral Jr.? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think I, I agree. But with, this, but with this lighter as well, like, 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 like I'm thinking, Quarrel, Quarrel is obviously great, but his Felix Slayer sucks. I agree, but, but this, I think, I think Quarrel, out, Quarrel single-handedly outweighs lighter. I mean, it gives, I mean, it gives a fuck about. All, lighter, all I'm right, saying, all I'm saying, I really, I really like this lighter's like kind of like he has a lot of comedic bits where it's like he has to deal with like clean up like yeah, Arthur, like that's true. Or as, but or I as think Shep- I'm going to side with Tom here. I think Coral Jr. It go- goes fourth. Wait, Ham, do we count? Below the OG, do we the count OG JW Paul. Pepper as an ally? <laughs> no, he's not an ally. He's actually against Bond in this one. He's, oh, a, no. villain, he's a henchman, if anything. Can't, can't have <laughs> um, so, okay. Yeah, Coral Jr., Lyser, and Strasser going at fourth. Gadget. Number one, Atashi Case. Number two, Cigarette. Number three, Odd Jobs Hat. Number four, Rebreather. Number five, Wolf PPK. Number six, Mousetrap. Where were we ranking the Rolex? Roger Moore, he gets some good gadgets like throughout his yeah. tenure. So he I, gets the best gadgets, I think. I would, I would be, I would wage to put this either first or second. I think Me the too. Rolex goes first. Yeah. What yeah, thank you. Well, it's a gadget. It's like a little thing. It's not like a big suitcase he has to take. Yeah, true. This is, yeah, the, the attached case is cheating a little bit. So I would put this. Yeah, this, is, this is like the this is like the the gadget. This that's is like my gadget. <laughs> my house okay. is my gadget. You know? It doesn't get a bit the, like uh, Rolex the Never Let Die goes first, then above the attached case. Now this, this is, is an like interesting one. Heavy the theme song. Later. Mm. 
The theme song, number one, on a Majesty's Secret Service. Number two, the James Bond theme. Number three, Goldfinger. Number four, You Only Live Twice. Number five, Thunderball. Number six, Diamonds Are Forever. Number seven, From Russia With Love. Where are we putting Live and Let Die performed by Paul McCartney and the Wings? Above Goldfinger, I'd say. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Goes third. Tom? Do you think it belongs above the Bond theme? Mm. Where would you put it? I mean, I'd have it completely different because, but I guess uh, yeah. I'll just go with the flow. No, 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 no. But yeah. where would you put it? Like, because I want, I want to hear like a little case for it as well. Because, but, but Tom would have arranged uh, the first three differently anyway. So, it's, yeah. I, th- I th- you know, the problem with living that die theme though, it's um, it, there is it's, no problem with it really. <laughs> There opinion. is in, in my book. I, I just don't like it in songs. It happens all the time in loads of songs where it like changes halfway through, like the beat and the tempo. Yeah, that and bit. That annoys me. That bit um, does. Because the yeah, the, the high bit is like da 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 da. It's like yeah, this is great, and then it's like slows down, and I don't like it when songs do that. You used to say Yeah, I mean it's still good, but I just didn't need them in the same. Yeah, it's a slowdown in the in the middle. I, I forgot about that, but yeah. Okay, um, the, the opening sequence. Goldfinger, number one, two, Honor ST Secret Service, number three, From Russia With Love, number four, The Only Live Twice Spaceship, number five, Thunderball, like the funeral, and number six, Diamonds Are Forever. Now, Roger Moore, I've always believed, has the best openings, but this is not the case because he's not even in it, so I think maybe by default it goes seventh. I would have said it, it goes below You Only Live Twice, maybe. Oh, over the thun- oh yeah, the Thunderball funeral. Thunderbolt once. Yeah. Well, you got the jetpack and the and the. This is just weird and confusing. It, I think it does get like. Yeah, actually, probably below Thunderbolt one. Yeah. I mean, at least Bond's in it, you know. Yeah. Although now I'm looking at Diamonds Are Forever, like Charles Gray. I wonder if he like takes it into negative sort of thing, like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this goes... the best opening ever. This goes above anticipated below film. Yeah. Fuck diamonds are forever, man. Uh, okay, live and let die. Um, all right, <laughs> Sigma moment. Number one, Goldfinger. I own the club. Number two, Red Grant. Number three, Blofeld. Extortions my business. Number four, Doctor No. One million dollars. Number five, Tracy. I'm already a countess. Number six, Blofeld. Prepare my battle submarine. Having told someone <laughs> to stick to his post. Number seven, David Niven. <laughs> and uh, number eight, uh, you know, for king and country. So, where we put, what moment do we have nominated here, and where are we putting it? This is this is a this is a tough for me because I kind of the one that you used as your opening line. I really like, like in the way that he just shuts him down immediately, like names of yeah. it's for tombstones, you know. Sorry about that. Um, Will be. Is it Sigma? I don't really feel really. there's much like many Sigma lines throughout the film. That's the problem. What I mean, do you think? Like, like that's just display. It. There will probably be more of an alpha. The thing is, if we do select it, it won't go that high. That's that's the only criticism. But I agree, there isn't much Sigma content in this film. What do you think, Tom? Um, I don't think it's very Sigma. Uh, Maybe think... Roger Moore's drip, man. The assassin drip. That's like quite. You similar. can't. You need to have a. You need to have a moment, not yeah. like a look or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, like Sigma is Sigmas are often you know silent, so you know quiet. So maybe whispers a Sigma moment. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kananga's Whisper, Whisper makes it out of life, might I add as well. 
You just have to get out of that, you know, little rocket thing that you're stuck in. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, that's why I really felt bad for him because he had like such a. Yeah, no one's going to hear him, man. He's ever. fine. He's going <laughs> yeah, to like starve to death in there, man. Nah, he'll get out. He's fine. But anyway, so, right, all right, let's go and name some team stones just so we can uh, say it again in every episode following this. Yeah. And I think it would therefore go maybe below David Niven. I think yeah. it goes bottom because it's not really Sigma at all. It's just like. More alpha it's, it's more of an alpha, yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, but this King is... and Country's mm, as well. King and Country is a good Sigma line. Like he just did it. Did he just did it for like all intents and purposes. No, but that, that to be fair, else. like I'm not gonna lie though, like that line is also a massive cope as well because like he just got found out. True. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it goes eighth. Yeah. Below David Niven, above King and Country. Names are for. To, no, oh, sorry. Names is for tombstones, baby. Well, maybe he does say names are for tombstones. I can't remember too well. But... No, he says is. Yeah, names is for tombstones, baby. Now this is going to be very interesting. Um, where are we going to rank the film? The current rankings: number one, on a Majesty Secret Service; number two, Goldfinger; number three, You Only Live Twice; number four, Doctor No; number five, From Russia with Love; number six, Thunderball; number seven, Diamonds Are Forever; and number eight, Casino Royale. Where are we going to rank Live and Let Die? Fourth, maybe. I think fourth as well. Oh. Above what? Above uh, Doctor No and below You Only Live Twice. Um, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yep. Okay. Well, that, that was a lot quicker than I thought it would be. Very <laughs> Good. Well, that was unanimous then. So um, our current rankings now. Number one on the Manchester Service. Number two, Goldfinger. Number three, You Only Live Twice. Number four, Live and Let Die. Number five, Doctor No. So that's Live and Let Die. That's the beginning of our Roger Moore series. So we'll be back next week with The Man with the Golden Gun. Should be a good one. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>